Huey Lewis in the News. Do you believe in love from 1982, 30 full years ago, and it was their first hit that uh, propelled the group to stardom throughout the 1980s. Someone said in the chat room I should pick something newer. It is 2002. I'm not going to do that. should be happy I'm not playing crappy rap music to open this, uh, this show. Anyway, uh, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. This is just a regular old show. Not on our regularly scheduled time yet, but we are going to have one of our regularly scheduled hosts. I'm going to connect him on right now. And uh, we'll just do a little show for you tonight, talking about uh, various things going on in the poker world. Phone number, if anybody wants to call in here, 775-FRAUD-55. That's 775-F-R-A-U-D-55. 775, of course, the area code of the other part of Nevada, the part of Nevada that's not Las Vegas. And... uh, that is our phone number. Please unblock your number if you call. I'm not even sure if you can get through. If you get like a fast busy, that means that you didn't properly unblock your number before calling me. And uh, that's all my request is for you. And if I don't pick up your call, just try back a little bit later. Don't hammer me like a hundred times. It's not going to help. It just means I'm not ready to take your call. So, uh, Brandon, are you on with me? Yes, I am. Good evening, Mr. Wittellis. How uh, are good you? Good evening to you, too, and uh, glad to have you on radio and... Uh, Hopefully this will be one of many shows we do together here, and uh, pretty shortly we're going to announce our schedule for when you can expect this show, because we kind of just turn it on. The last two weeks it happened to be on Wednesday night, but uh, we'll come up with a schedule where every week at the same time, and we'll just do it till we feel like turning it off, and that'll be the way this show works. So uh, I'll tell you guys, we didn't have any real preparation tonight. It was kind of like a spontaneous thing, just like last week, just to do radio. And uh, so bear with us if we're just kind of thinking about what to talk about. Uh, The show will be better prepared when we have our regularly scheduled program. But uh, anyway, we're going to have a wide variety of topics tonight. If you want to suggest any, you're welcome to call in and bring some up. Or if you'd even like to suggest what you'd like to hear on our regularly scheduled radio show. We'll be happy to hear from you as well. We really do care about what the listeners want. I, I don't want to just force something on you guys that I like, but all of you think sucks. And I don't want to not do something that you guys want to hear just because I don't care for it as much. Obviously, I'm not going to do everything that you guys request, but uh, I'm going to listen to everybody and uh, try to do things that people enjoy. So uh, I know Brandon feels the same way. You know, we want to listen to the radio, uh, listen to the listeners of the radio, and do a show that they want to hear. Absolutely. So, um, Brandon, uh, I know you told me you have some subjects you'd like to have us talk about tonight. So I guess we can just get right into one of them. Well, actually, before we do that, let's take a phone call from the three four seven area code. I have a feeling I know who this is, but. I'm you in your area codes. Yeah, yeah. You still haven't lost the talent, huh? <laughs> I don't think that'll ever go away. In fact, I'm <laughs> waiting for uh, Benjamin to get just a little bit older so he can learn about every area code in the country. Uh, th- area code 347, hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, Would this happen to be uh, one step? I mean, does somebody just page him when there's radio on? Does he have, like, a buzzer? Unbelievable. What's up, one step? Um, I have two questions. One for for <laughs> for you. Um, are you going to try to get Tom Dwan? So, 
Um, you know what? I actually can tell you, you know, he's very, very busy, obviously. And, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Expect the bullshit. Expect the bullshit. Get to know. I don't need to pull fucking. Uh, the, the truth what? is, of course, there is that possibility. I do have his number. I do know people in the world that are close with him. I don't know him. Um, I've never met him, never spoke with him. Uh, so, I mean, I guess take it, take it like that. Is there a possibility, because I have contacts that know him, that maybe I can get him to agree to come on? Sure. Is there something I can guarantee, you know, with, with a great amount of likelihood? Uh, no, there, it isn't. So I guess that's that's the best answer I can give you. You you just you just spent two minutes, and you said absolutely fucking nothing. I'm sorry? You know, uh, you spent two minutes, and you said absolutely nothing. Well, I, would, I mean, how would you call that absolutely nothing? I gave you an honest answer. Okay. Uh, I will number, try, number but three, I can't. Yes, number two. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, I would like to uh, ask Jeff if, considering this is Poker Fraud uh, radio show, I was wondering if I can uh, uh, tell a story about a fraud that involves one of the co-hosts of the show. One of the callers of the show? Co-host. Co-host, he's referring oh, to Oh, one of the co-hosts. Well, I mean... Yeah. All right, what do you want to say? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I was wondering if considering how Brandon likes to talk, maybe he can give this intro of this scenario of the civil situation that happened about two years ago. Uh, I would like maybe if we can, you know, considering this is a new beginning uh, for everyone, if uh, you can, you know, what, he, what, what he's referring to, for those that aren't listening, is yeah. to, uh, an infamous scheme that occurred on one of Marty's sites in which one step had uh, cock-bombed one of Marty's sites, Judonk's site, uh, I think it was the first site he had, for a number of hours. How many hours did you spend cock-bombing it? Eight, nine, ten hours? Uh, uh, yes. Now, as, I, I, as I've said to one step privately and both publicly in regards to this matter, that there was an offer that was made from a majority owner of uh, another website for this <laughs> cock-bombing to occur, and that there was payment that... The, no, I, I made the offer. I, no, I, I made the offer in the... Okay, well, however it turned out... There was yes. offer and acceptance is what he's saying here. Yes, that that is 100% accurate. Now, where the point of contention is that there, that, that there was money that... I guess I don't even remember what the negotiated price was. Um, it was but it came, Okay, it came from... Wow, that's, that's a pretty high payment for uh, cock bombing. Yes, it, well, it, it is. I agree. Uh, I wish they offered it to me. I would have cock bombed it for five hundred. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nonetheless, you, you, you wouldn't have had, uh, you wouldn't have made them uh, job like like I had. So, nonetheless, so payment was was supposed to be received by company funds from uh, from a certain stream of revenue, and one step, I believe. What did you end up receiving? A hundred dollars. Correct. Okay, and there's always been a point of contention that one step felt that uh, I, I, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. There was, I guess, contention in how much. Another, yeah, and and, and also I was now, another shady part of this part of another shady part of this uh, uh, story is that I mm -hmm. was texted from an unknown number uh, to begin this cock bombing, and I uh, I assumed that this was you know my goat, my green light. <laughs> <laughs> the green light. So it rains. It rains. Torrential downpour. For right. Eight hours, and okay. But so the, where well, yeah, this is almost like scary. a terrorist attack. Like there's unknown numbers texting someone as the green light <laughs> to start the bombing. 
And now the terrorist is complaining he didn't get paid. It's an Al-Qaeda network of cock bombers. That's that's really what it is. Jeff, uh, you know these two individuals, I'm sure you you can, you know, uh, hypothetically think, you know, what actually happened. But one step, what you have to understand is what was supposed to be paid you and what was agreed upon was not to come out of my pocket. At that point, I was not affiliated other than a contributor to the yeah. company that had arranged... And I want to say something, too. I knew absolutely nothing about this. I'm not just saying this for appearances. I literally found out about this when One Step called up to complain that he hadn't been paid. Yes. That was no, the first time I, I heard agree, about it. I agree you're right. That, that is an accurate term. I was a middleman. I passed on a message <laughs> to you uh, that was... That I was asked to pass on. You did indeed do the job that that, that you would agree to with uh, amazing effort, and uh, that that's my extent of it. So I, I really still feel that you calling me a scammer uh, in regards to what happened is is, is not accurate. I mean, I. I mean, but I think what happened here, one step. I think that you had an oral contract with that person, and it's no longer valid. The contract's not valid, so you can't collect. Just, just like how yours and my son's contract are uh, There may be some similarity, yeah. I, I think the uh, any contract uh, with certain individuals just miraculously becomes invalid for uh, unknown reasons. I think you've been a victim as well. Yeah. But considering considering how Brandon was part of this business negotiation and deal... I was a middleman. I was a middleman. That's all I was. But, one but you know that. You, you would go... You negotiated, you know, this, uh, I don't know where this text message came from. It could have came from you. It could have came from Micron. But there's no proof saying that it wasn't for you. And I got I to, gotta, you know. Okay, so one step. What if uh, in exchange for this oral contract that was violated, that you have a different oral contract with Tom Dwan? Would that be an acceptable compromise? Yes. You had an oral contract with him? let uh, what if there's an oral contract and and you violate it? Sorry, Is that I'm good? Sorry, Josh. You stick you stick with the area codes and the phone numbers, and let Brandon talk, stick with his. <laughs> One step. I'm trying to offer some kind of uh, compromise here, and you're just uh, shooting me down. What's the problem? Well, I, I just I just want my four hundred dollar difference. Uh, that's all. Uh, you know. I or, think or, you're coming to the wrong site to collect it. Okay. I, th- I think one person owes that money to you, but it's not me or Brandon. I mean, one step. How about this? If I gave you one of Tom Dwan's many cell phone numbers that he doesn't answer, <laughs> and you could just listen to his no, voice. How about, and how about this? Brandon, how, how about this? How about uh, you, you hook me up with a comp for like a hotel room for a couple of days ah, when geez. I hit Vegas? Here comes how the angle. Well, listen, I'll, 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 I will go on. I will go on with this, Brandon, hold on, listen, I will go on record here. Listen, hold on, hold on. I will go on record right now on radio, okay? And I will say, if you actually ever do come to Vegas, I will hook you up with as many nights limited, anywhere between one and, I'll say, five nights at a very, very nice locals casino. That's not just okay. Just like the deal yeah, that was offered to Brandon by Peter D.C. I will I will go on the record here on radio and say you come to Vegas and you have my word that I will get you. You're going to have to put your own credit card down. I'm not putting a credit card down. I'm just going to get you <laughs> okay, tonight. I've learned my lesson, and okay. we're going to get to Peter D.C. Okay. But you have my word. If you come to Vegas, I will take care of your lodging up to five nights at a, lo- at a very nice local's casino. I mean, I, that I'm sounds not- like a great deal to me. 
But it's, it's not going to be like cockroach infest and anyone. No, no, no. Absolutely. I mean, I'll even tell you. It will be you pick. You can go online and look. Google Station Casinos, which are in which are. Right, Brandon, Brandon, no. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Yeah, right, I hear, I hear what you're No, it's not going to be a Motel Six. Go online. It won't be like the Carter. Don't worry. Okay, we got a, we got a deal. We got a deal. Just that is settled. And uh, all right, beautiful. You know, well, hold on, but it's settled on my end. But I, I am not. I guess what's the what's the term? I guess I'm not admitting to any uh, liability. My son. My son, my son's still getting the nigger call. Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> but yes, you have my word. If you do indeed ever step foot in this city, I will make sure that you have a very nice, clean casino uh, experience and will be fully comped for uh, your room, okay? I would love to know what one step would do in Vegas while he was here. I would love to know that. Well, what, what I would do? Yeah, like what would an average day well, in the one step visit to Vegas be? Could you go to one of those all-male review shows yeah. that they have here? Uh, no, probably not. So, okay, you know, th- that's a very good question, Jeff. Hypothetically. I'd go to the wrong, though. Hypothetically, let's just say you're in Vegas, and just give us from, like, morning to evening, and you're ahead right now, how you would envision a day that you, of one step being in Vegas. Just kind of start from the morning uh, when you wake up to evening and give us a brief synopsis of what your day, you think, how it would play out. I would I would be playing slots and smoking e all day. No, no, no. One step. This is only slots. Would you be playing sex in the city? No, only, only minus, only minus EV slots. I was going to say one step. That's not a bad plan if you're going to live in Vegas. But uh, you're just visiting. If you're going to live in Vegas, those are good things to do. But uh, what about visiting Vegas? Yeah. And and then and then I would I would give any stranger that wants to borrow money like free money like whatever. If if as long as you promise me to give me a hundred thousand dollars next minute. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you, Wentz. You you have my word. If you make it here, then it's it's a done deal. I agree. All right. Okay. I, you know. Uh, also, I just got. Uh, first of all, I want to say it's good to see uh, BCR. I don't know if he's still in the chat. Oh, there he is. BCR is here. It's good to see him back on forums. Yeah. Uh, shout out, obviously, to everyone that that tuned in. We both appreciate it. I just got a Twitter from my from someone I know who's listening, and I guess this is something only you can answer, Todd. It's from his name on Twitter is K M K S M K N. I guess K M. Yeah, yeah. He tweets at me sometimes. Yeah. Yes, and he just tweeted at both of us saying that. Poker Front Alert chat is not working for him. He just comes in, logged in, and everything is blank. Hmm. And he's not being he's not being able to access the chat. Uh, I don't know so what I to say. I, I may put a different chat on here. I've had uh, some complaints about the chat. I mean, it's working for me. It's working for a bunch of people in the chat. I do believe you. Uh, something you may want to try if you can't get the chat working is uh, log out and log back in. Right? So, like, close your whole browser, log out of Poker Front Alert, Log back in with a you know new browser window. Try that. See if it works. Clear your cache. Clear your cookies. Whatever. Um, I know the chat has a few bugs, and we only have this chat because the previous server was having such a problem with crashing all the time. So I put a chat in that was least uh, it was least taxing on the server, and now I've got a server that seems to be doing pretty well. So I think we can upgrade the chat to something that's more advanced and hopefully won't give people as many problems. I'll, I'll put that on my to-do list for this site as I'm still developing some features here. But, uh, yeah, if you can't get in, try a different browser. 
try closing your existing browser, try logging out, logging back in, things like that. And, you know, I noticed this when I was doing the show with you uh, last week and also, obviously, when uh, I went on by myself. Another pet peeve that I have is sometimes when I do radio, especially alone, um, you know, I get into a train of thought and I'm not looking at the chat actively while I'm in the middle of a story or such. And it seems to me, at least on my end, after about five to seven minutes of inactivity, it just logs me out of the chat. Yeah, that's one and of my biggest problems. It's rather annoying, you know, especially if I'm, if I'm hosting a show. I don't want to have to constantly keep logging, logging out, and talking at the same time. I agree. No, it kicks me out, too. In fact, what was the worst is when I did that car radio show. And I obviously couldn't have my eyes on the chat when I was trying to drive. And, like, every so often I'd, like, quickly look over and I'm like, ah, shit, log me out. And then I'd have to, like, pull over and log back in. It was the worst. But, uh, yeah, it was a good way to pass a lot of time. I had a long drive that day, like 450 miles. So uh, You know, it's funny. You think about it now and just how far we've come rough in technolo- like technology-wise. And just think maybe in, like, 10, 10 years or probably even 10 years, 5 years, you probably will be able to drive across country, even in areas like remotely like you were before that didn't have good self-service, and be able to do a, a totally competent, uh, you know, well-sounding radio show without anyone even having an indication where you are, that you're in the mountains or whatnot. You know, just, you know, because of satellites and probably just improvement in technology. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely... I think that's one of the steps that's going to come in the future is good Internet access everywhere whether it's through, like, some sort of cell phone internet with uh, just a lot more towers or, or a lot better signals or, or some sort of uh, satellite. Uh, the satellite still has uh, a while to go as far as the internet's concerned. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever visited anybody who has satellite internet, but basically you don't get satellite internet unless you can't get internet any other way because it's, it sucks. It's slow. It's, uh, there's a big, what they call latency, meaning you know you type something and it takes a little while to get to the other end. So uh, that wouldn't be a good thing for radio. I think if you did internet on a satellite connection, there'd be a delay. In fact, when I did that one show from a cruise ship that was with satellite internet, and there's always like a little bit of a delay, it's not the best. So um, there's a lot of, a lot they'd have to do to get satellite internet working the way it should, but uh, maybe better coverage on uh, cell phone networks, and uh, especially once they can carry more data, and you know they're constantly improving with that. Maybe we will have what you're talking about. That uh, yes. Well, you know, speaking of which, uh, I, I did read something interesting yesterday, and uh, you know, I'm not the most uh, in terms of technology advanced person whatsoever. I never claim to be in terms of computers or anything else. But I read yesterday, and this is really interesting, that the state of Nevada uh, became the first state that issued these permits for these Google, uh, I mean, they're based on Google technology um, that are driverless cars. Do you even know what I'm talking when I'm speaking of? Um, I've heard of these uh, attempts by Google to have these contests for these driverless cars, but I, I haven't heard much of what's come out of it. Here, let me find the article because you know I, I really I was hoping you could explain this to me or someone else because you know I read the article. Okay, this is this is this is posted <laughs> yesterday in uh, all, all over Vegas, uh, various media sites, a review journal, it's even in USA Today. But uh, I'll just give you a, a real brief, I guess, uh, synopsis of what this article says. Terminator fans rejoice; the machines are winning, and Judgment Day draws high. Maybe not quite yet, though, but Nevada took the nation one step closer 
to a future without the need of direct human control by approving Google's license to test a driverless Toyota Prius on its roads. It is the first such license issued in the United States under new laws and regulations, according to Nevada Department of Motor Vehicles, which approve the applications. The license plates displayed on the test vehicles will have a red background and feature an infinity symbol on the left side to distinguish it from other vehicles on the road, as if the lack of a driver weren't enough of an indication of otherness. So wait a minute, they're actually let this go on regular roads with people yeah, driving? Yeah, that blew my fucking mind. Now listen, after successful test drives along freeways, highways, and neighborhoods in Carson City and the <laughs> glittering, pedestrian, heavy Las Vegas Strip, the department's review committee met to review Google's safety plans, employing training, system functions, and accident reporting mechanisms before issuing the license. Now, this is what I don't get. Like, is this to say that I'm going to be driving and just see cars? Like, you know... Now, you know what would be the worst? If you're driving and someone hits you, and you're like, you get out, you're like, okay, let me see your light. Like, what? You, you walk up to a car, there's nobody in it. And no, it, no, it just stops along with you, and you don't know who to question, you don't know who to, uh, who to contact or who to talk to. It's just like, imagine if a car hits you, and then you see there's no driver. Like, what do no, you do? I mean, this is what I don't get. Now, is this, the technology-wise at least, is this something that they're doing, so, you know, just so someone can drive and, 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 I guess, in the future, not touch the wheel, the accelerator, the brake, and there'll just always still be a human in there, but the, the, kind of like an autopilot feature for a plane? Or are they literally going to be cars? Just, I mean, I, I don't, what is this technology for? Yeah, obviously it's uh, for people who can't or don't want to drive, or maybe people can use it if they're drunk or high on drugs or, or tired, and, you know, it could be a backup you turn on, so instead of driving when you're about to fall asleep or instead of driving drunk, you just have that thing drive you home. But I, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable with those things on the road, because technology has bugs, and I know humans are far from perfect, but I'd rather take my chances with human drivers around me than an automated driver that, uh, due to a bug, could run right into me and, and couldn't use common sense not to do it. And I know they can say, oh, you have sensors that uh, will prevent this, but these things can make mistakes. There's all types of things that can happen where it won't perform as expected. And I'm surprised that Nevada actually let this thing go out on the road with regular drivers, not just like in some sort of uh, contrived test situation where the only other drivers around are people who signed up for this. Of course. It was very, very odd, and, and I just... I mean, do you, what would you even guess the time frame would be that we'll be, living in a, we'll be living in a world where people literally will have those sort of features that are either lazy or drunk or on drugs that can actually hit this feature and have it take them home? I don't know, and I think we may have some problems eventually when one of these things does hit and kill someone. The types of lawsuits that will be out there, and there will be a lot of backlash because, you know, we're used to the fact that accidents happen, that people die in car accidents, but we're not used to the fact that one could happen because a machine makes a mistake. And that's a lot worse than, like, a, a car having a mechanical failure, like the brakes just stopping to work and there's an accident and someone dies. I mean, like, we understand that you can't use a machine without having to trust some element of the machine working, but actually making decisions, I think some people are going to have a problem with that. A caller, you're on the air. Caller. Oh, hi. So, sorry, sorry. I, I don't have much time to talk here. 
uh, I'm not sure, Jeff, you don't, you might not know who I am, but Brandon knows me from his, uh, that long show he had. Uh, this is, uh, Peter DC. <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, are you checking in from, are you, are you using your one free call from, uh, from Jail, County Lockup? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I just have one tonight, so, I, and I have to keep this to like a couple minutes or less. Okay. Uh, so, so what I need you to do, and mm-hmm. don't worry, I, I'm going to comp you a suite at Bellagio next week for this, <laughs> and I'll be I'll be down there. So you, I got to get this bail money. <laughs> I, it's around four hundred fifty-five thousand, but I want to cut you some cheese. So can you do me a favor? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What I do you need, need to bet two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> on the Lakers, but not just for the game. Remember to do the first half as well. Okay, so you want and then uh, after that? Wait, so hold on. A total bet. So we're talking a half million dollar bet. How much on each side? No, no. It's it's one twenty five each. Okay, you want uh, one twenty five on so the first half, and then one twenty five on the game. Yeah, and then, right. And okay, if you lose, the, um, how am I going to get the money from you? We're no, no. Brandon's got me covered. Oh, okay. okay. All right, Peter, listen. What, what we're going. We're going to double that up the next game. I'll, uh, maybe next time you have radio, I'll try and call in another pick if I have another quarter, but I'll let you know. Okay, and can okay, you tell me the line of this game? probably lights out pretty soon at uh, L.A. County Jail, but just tell us real fast, how, how are the conditions in there? Well, it's it's not too not too bad. Uh, a couple of the guys, i got a couple of friends in here, uh, and, I'm, and I think maybe once we get out, we're going to try and swindle some people together. <laughs> well, listen. Thanks for calling well, in. Before uh, we place the bet here, I want to make sure that we have the right line. So, so what line should I bet on? Like, if it goes below a certain point, uh, what point should I bet? Like, is is there a line that I should not make the bet anymore? And, no, it's just half and for the game. Don't oh, okay, all right. Just, so, just so it's that good of a pick okay. that no matter what the line is, bet the half and the game. Yeah. Oh, all right. So and, and have it, I'll talk you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and and I'll comp you a suite, and we'll talk it all over once we once we get this bail money up to 455k. Yeah, I'm sure that won't be too hard. Okay. So, and you're innocent of all the charges. I'm I'm 100% convinced. Correct. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't do any of that. So, anyways, I gotta I gotta go here. They're eliminating me on time. Uh, but maybe the next time you're on radio, I'll see if, if I can call in again. Okay. Well, we'll be looking great. forward to Thanks it. Thanks for the uh, update. <laughs> Peter D.C. We haven't gotten to talk about him yet, but I guess no, uh, we, we can't make him wait till we talk about him because, you know, he has one phone call there from the lockup, and he can't just wait around. For, we for those that it. don't know, uh, the last show that I did it for my end-of-the-night show, uh, which was a 24-hour show, uh, he, he came on the line, uh, this Peter D.C., for about five, six hours, and uh, it was actually... Uh, it wasn't. I don't. The, the NBA playoffs hadn't started yet, but there was uh, various NBA games going on, and he kept giving updates. And it was it was actually quite comical. But uh, yeah, we are going to get to uh, Peter Falcone, just so everybody knows. Yeah, he really he was, was arrested. You will hear about this yeah. a little later in the show. He was arrested we, and in LA County lockup, and uh, you'll hear about that. What we know about it. We are also going to call. I spoke with right before the show started. Uh, with the Iceman, um, we're going to give him a call and uh, hear what he has to say in general. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys uh, at all, uh, at least from my perspective. This is what happened uh, this evening. Um, I went out to dinner, and I came home, 
And uh, I just noticed from some texts and, and all, mainly from posts that were on PokerFraudAlert.com that uh, people wanted Druff and I to, to start a radio show uh, tonight. Um, it wasn't, and I'm, again, I'm just speaking, you know, for myself. It wasn't, uh, damn it, it just logged me out of the chat. This is annoying, Druff. You're going to have to get this. But anyhow, it wasn't uh, the intent to uh, take away from any other site that was doing radio. But, uh, you know, I read a bunch of comments. A lot of people wanted it. And, again, I understand. You know, there, you know, it's almost like there's a void in many people's Wednesdays now that uh, is, is just gone. And uh, so I came home after reading the thread on Poker Fraud Alert, and I called Druff and asked him if he had time, uh, you know, just to do, you know, a spur-of-the-moment, unprepared, unscripted radio, since there were people on the Internet, there were people that wanted um, a show tonight or a show to go on longer, and that's, that's where we are now. So it was basically my idea, um, and I did it based on, on the users wanting this. And, again, as Druff mentioned in the beginning, you know, we really didn't prepare for this. This is totally spur of the moment. But uh, anyhow, so I just wanted to let everyone know that that's, you know, and again, that's why you all are appreciated, you know, because if it wasn't for me reading that thread and just thinking about it, I never would have considered doing it tonight. But that's indeed why I did, and I'm lucky that uh, our schedules coincided and uh, Baby Druff was uh, either asleep or about to go to sleep. No, no he's awake. Work. I actually, I have to thank, oh, is he? I have to thank the mother of Benjamin because, uh, you know, I just dropped this on her. Brandon called me up, said let's do radio and I, I had to check with her first because, uh, you know, she doesn't stay up that late like I do because she has a real job. So, I had to ask her if she was okay with watching Benjamin between now and whenever he goes to sleep. And she said, okay. She gave the thumbs up. So uh, here we go. Nice. So uh, anyhow, Druff, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we, we are going to talk about Peter Falcone. A couple things, I guess, that uh, I just wrote down here in the 15 minutes from when I posted it and when we came on the air was obviously Peter Falcone. And uh, we'll get to that in a second, as well as the Iceman. And there, there are a couple other interesting things that have gone on. Uh, this week on your site that, uh, you know, we could talk about, uh, you know, the World Series, mainly I know the vouchers, and, you know, you you are more than anybody someone uh, that's intelligent enough and can break that down. I tried to understand uh, the point system, and for those who don't know what I'm referring to is that during the World Series this year, they had the conference call recently, uh, and they announced that they were they will not be giving out $10 food vouchers anymore. And uh, I tried to break it down. I'm, I'm hearing an echo, Druff, really bad on my end. Really? It, I don't Very hear anything. If, what you can do, you can hang up and I'll call you back because okay, I'm not hearing because... anything, but I can understand how it's annoying to you if you're yeah, hearing it's, it's Everything I'm saying is just... All right, I'll try to call you back and uh, hopefully right. it'll stop. All right, so uh, a little break here for a uh, technical difficulty. This radio show is kind of a combination of a lot of things. So, in particular, damn it, hang on a second here, in particular, uh, one element of it is Skype, which I think was causing the echo. So, we're going to call Brandon back. Okay. Uh, better? Yeah, it's, it's much better. Okay, very I don't good. hear anymore. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to talk about that, uh, and Druff will be much better able to break it down and explain the numbers, because like I said, I spent about 15 minutes trying to figure out what the tier points translate into and what the points you put in your card, and I really couldn't figure out just 
what equity you're going to be getting. You know, obviously I do realize for people that play higher events, it's better, but I, I just couldn't break down the math in it. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about 2 plus 2, even though there really isn't, as far as I'm concerned or no, uh, much to report in that area in terms of uh, what's gone on, what's come out um, in regards to the site still being down. And also something interesting about the World Series I want to talk about that I really don't know anything about just because I haven't researched it is this bounty bracelet event that they're offering uh, this year and some of the other quirky events, and I'm sure, Druff, you... Uh, I, I did look well into more about yeah, well. I looked into the bounty events. See, I'm not uh, I'm not what would be called a poker fanboy. Like I don't learn about everything there is to know about poker, as some other people do. Because I'm more of a poker player. I'm not really a poker fan. I hardly ever watch it on TV. And there's a reason for this. It's just that I feel like I get enough poker from how much I play that I kind of don't have that much interest in other poker things unless it directly has to do with something I'm interested in. So I haven't looked into every single World Series event, every single little new event, but I'll tell you this. The bracelet bounty event is something that obviously I wanted to figure out what the story was, given that I know this is going to be news to everybody. I have a bracelet. And my first guess which ended up being incorrect, was that they're going to buy everybody in who has a bracelet. But I should have known that Harris would never do that. So I have to pay just like everybody else. And I actually have... I'm at a small disadvantage because what happens in this bracelet bounty event is I think uh, I think it's a $550 buy-in. And I think you get $500 for every bracelet winner you knock out. I don't know where that money comes from. I don't know if they take it out of the prize pool or what. But uh, I think you get 500 for every bracelet winner you knock out. I actually will be at a small disadvantage for that prize because there will be one bracelet winner I can't knock out, and that's myself, where everybody else, like let's say there's me and 20 other bracelet winners in the field, I'll have 20 people I can knock out potentially, and everybody else will have 21. So, so wait, I'm confused. I'm sorry. So what, what is the actual incentive for you to play? So that's what I was trying to figure out, and I was tweeting, in fact. When this was announced, I tweeted at the official World Series Twitter and I asked them, what is my incentive? Why should I play this? Because you're not buying me in for anything. Um, I'm, I actually have one fewer bracelet person to knock out than everybody else does. Why would I want to play this? And they just said, well, you know, it's a warm-up for the World Series. Because it's like right before the main event. So they're saying it's a like a good little warm-up. And since it's only 500 bucks, it's kind of like a laid-back sort of thing. And at first I said, there's no freaking way I'm going to play this thing. Because, you know, why would I do that? It's, it's no advantage, it's just dumb, and in fact, everyone's going to be gunning for me. But then I thought about it, and I said, you know what? Maybe I should play that, because everybody is going to be gunning for me. And if I can come up with a strategy that is proper, knowing that it's actually the right thing for them to do, to try to get in really weak hands against me all in just for the equity of getting basically their buy-in back if they bust me, plus then they'll end up doubling up. Um, if I can come up with a strategy to counter that and to build a big stack myself, I can have an advantage in the event that almost everybody won't have. Because other than the other bracelet winners, which there couldn't be all that many that are going to play this thing, other than those other bracelet winners, everybody else in the field will not have people just shooting off chips at them. Now, I will have to fade a lot of bad beats, because I imagine that people are going to not hesitate to go all in against me, even if I have them beat. 
But the problem is, unless they're drawing dead or super thin, there's a lot of chances for suckouts. Even if I have aces, uh, most hands that go up against me are going to have, like, you know, at least have like a 20% chance to beat me, unless I'm fortunate enough to be against something like ace-king. So, I mean, like 20%, that's... It, sure, I love an 80-20 situation, but uh, I, I've got to avoid those if I don't want to bust. But still, um, and of course, people are not going to go that crazy against me unless they have me covered. So if I do accumulate chips, then people are going to change their play, because there's no point to play crazy against me if you can't bust me. But uh, I think that... Uh, I think for 500 bucks I'll give it a try. Just I'll try to come up with a strategy I think is correct, and then try to implement that strategy and hope it hope it cashes and hope I make it make some money. You know that's. Uh, but basically it's a very simple thing. You enter the event. If you knock out a bracelet winner, you get a bounty. I think it's something fairly big, like 500 bucks. And I think the event only costs 550 to enter. So I'll give it a shot. If I think it's terrible, I won't enter next year. Spew Artist is saying that uh, you're in the chat that you're rewarding, or at least in his his opinion is you're rewarding the WSOP for coming up with a fail event, though. Well, I don't think it's rewarding them. You know, like I don't want to reward companies that do shady things. Like I wouldn't have played on, or I didn't play on UB, even if the games were beatable and I could have made extra money. I didn't do that because I didn't want to reward them for being cheaters. But you know, I'm not going to penalize the event, the World Series for coming up with weird events. You know, if it's something that I find an interest to play or I think gives me an edge, you know, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And if it's terrible, I won't come back. It's uh, I don't have anything against the World Series. I, I like the World Series. I play it every year. Uh, does Harris do a lot of things I don't like? Yes. Like, they, they're greedy. They find every way to squeeze every dollar out of the players. And uh, they make a lot of mistakes. They make a lot of boneheaded operational mistakes that shouldn't happen. But uh, I don't, I don't dislike the World Series, and I don't want to punish them in any way. And uh, you know, if if I don't like an event, I just won't play. But this one, I have mixed feelings about it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. So are you saying that? I mean, are you definitively definitively playing it? Yeah, 100%? yeah. Okay. I, I plan to play it. Yes. Sounds good. Well, let's. Uh, what I want to actually do, Jeff, if it's okay with you. I want to talk about Peter Falcone, uh, a.k.a. Peter DC, and then after that, I want to call the Iceman, because I spoke with him before we got on the air, I don't want to wait too long um, to call him, just because uh, yeah, I don't want him to disappear, go to sleep, I'm not sure where he is tonight, but uh, since we did talk about it first, uh, what do you think about this whole Peter DC thing? Uh, it's actually funny, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll relay it, Jeff and I spoke on the phone earlier today, and when I mentioned it to him, I was shocked he, I mean, Druff of all people, he didn't even know about it, that he had been arrested. Yeah, yeah. You know what happened was, uh, I, I haven't had as much time in the last few days to uh, read my own site or um, really do it. Like, yeah. that, that sounds, uh, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> ironic. And uh, not time to read his own site. I've heard that before. In fact, last night I even went to sleep at like 10.30 or something, like, like really early. Uh, so I missed seeing in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum... Which is funny, because I actually went in that forum and read another thread and responded to it, but I, I somehow missed that people had been adding to the Peter DC thread over there, and I missed a very, very important message. And that message was that Peter Falcone, a.k.a. Peter DC, I guess his name is Peter Joseph Falcone, according to the booking information from the website that was uh, attached on the thread, that he's in jail. He is in jail in L.A. County 
in the Van Nuys Jail. I guess he got arrested in the San Fernando Valley. And this occurred on May 7th. And uh, we didn't hear about it until yesterday when VPP player, who has been pursuing him for a long time, uh, posted this information. Now, if you want to see it yourself with a photo of the screens showing the booking information, go to the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum on PokerFraudAlert.com. There's a thread called The Genesis to the Peter Falcone, Peter DC, in this community. That's the name of the thread. If you go to page two, uh, around the middle end of page two, you'll see a post from VPP player saying, or, or showing this information. So, this information, it says, uh, Falcone Peter Joseph, sex male, race white, uh, born 9-13-1970, so he's 41 years old. And uh, it says he was booked on May 7, 2012. Total bail amount, $455,000. Unbelievable. That's, a, that's an amazing bail. I mean, you can do some really, really bad stuff and not have the bail be that high. So that's pretty telling that this has got to be serious. I mean, I mean, you could be charged in some cases with second-degree murder, yeah. or at the very least manslaughter, and have a, a lower bail than yes, that. Yes, yes. I mean, that's an amazingly yes. high bail. And uh, so his name is uh, Peter Joseph Falcone, height 5'9", weight 175, brown hair, brown eyes, felony booking. And uh, this was at the LAPD Valley Jail, Van Nuys. At uh, 6.30 p.m., he was arrested on May 7th. And uh, there's only limited things known about uh, why he was arrested. VPP player, who maybe can call in, 775-FRAUD-55 is the number, 775-FRAUD-55. Maybe he can call in and uh, let us know what he knows. Maybe he's learned more. But, what was it? Uh, it was some sort of fraud thing he was booked Yeah, I, well, I'll, I'll, I can actually expand on it. Um, yesterday when this happened, uh, someone that I knew, uh, actually, that, that's not even really related to uh, any of these forms, made a phone call and then relayed the information to me. And uh, anyone can actually call and find out. But what I did find out is uh, his booking number, and I posted this actually on Poker Fraud Alert under the, the scams and, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember. What is that? The, yeah, that scam, scandals, and shadiness. Yes, it's in there. And I posted the phone number that you can call for LA, LA Book or at the Los Angeles Peace Department booking, which will give you this information and updates on court cases, bail's been paid, if he's still an inmate. But anyhow, you know, his booking number, if anyone out there wants to pursue this, um, it's 314-8606. Um, he was arrested two days ago in Van Nuys and transferred last night and being processed at uh, the L.A. County Jail. Now, according to who I spoke, well, who I spoke with, who spoke to the person that uh, is in charge of booking there, he was charged with one felony count of grand theft, money slash property exceeding four hundred dollars. Now, I'm not sure if that's some quirky law. In California, where you know, it, it, because it says it's over 400, doesn't mean it's like 800 or 1,000. It could be up to half a million. You know, that's what I assume it is. Um, it was also two other things that were that were very uh, important were also relayed to me. One of them being that he did not have any warrants when he was arrested in the state of California or anywhere else, which also is an indication of how serious or partially how serious a charge could be. Because normally if someone is arrested, 
um, for a new charge, and they also have warrants. That is one reason why, you know, bond will be higher because they've proven in the past that, you know, they're a risk not to show up in court. But that didn't seem to be the case. And what I was told was most likely in these scenarios, and this was from the person that uh, it was – and at the booking, or the booking person said this, that from her experience as a female, she said someone like that that's only charged with one felony to have such a high bond like that uh, is mostly due to past convictions and uh, a, a basically a very extensive rap sheet. And since it has been reported that he spent time and was convicted um, of other fraudulent crimes, in fact, it, you know, it's well known, I believe it, he spent a few years in Rikers Island in New York, at this point, before he's seen a judge, that's probably why. Uh, and again, I could be wrong in terms of what he was charged with. Maybe it was just something so horrendous in terms of the amount of money that justified such a high amount of bond. Um, but also it could be the fact that you know he was arrested for some sort of fraud, and then when they looked at his priors, you know he was such a risk uh, for the community or risk of not showing up in court that that could be another reason why. But uh, hopefully, you know, within a few days, this information will be released. Because I'm really curious, especially when it says property or, or money slash property, which could lead me to believe he did something in terms of mortgage fraud or, I mean, who, who knows? You know what I mean, Jeff? Yeah, there's so many things he could have done. I don't know all the stuff he was into, but this guy is the definition of a career scammer. Everything he did, everything he said was all about scamming. And there were a few things about him I never quite figured out, like uh, the person I knew him through, and I know I explained this on my forum uh, on the same thread we're directing you to there, but the person I knew him through was actually a girl that uh, has been friends with Ken Scaler for about 20 years, and we've actually called her on radio before, her name's Stephanie, and he just got to know Stephanie because she put out an ad in Craigslist that she needs a, a driving buddy to go to Vegas because she doesn't want to be on the road for five hours from L.A., just bored by herself. And he responded to the ad. According to her, she ne he never tried anything with her sexually. He never tried to get any kind of money out of her, and she's broke anyway, so there's no money to get. And he stayed friends with her for a long time. He only stopped being friends with her when all this stuff hit the fan, and then you know he didn't want to have to answer questions about this, so he just ditched her and stopped calling her. But prior to that, prior to all this stuff coming out about him being a scammer, um, he would see her, he would take her out places, he would constantly spend money on her, he didn't want sex, he never touched her once, and she just thought he was like a, a lonely guy who was nice and uh, you know just liked spending time with her. And we never figured out what exactly was the angle there, because uh, he had nothing to gain from it. And it just was a coincidence that she happened to know me. So it wasn't like he got close to her to get close to me and then to scam people because it was only months into the friendship they had that she mentioned that she knew a guy who won a World Series of Poker bracelet and then it was her idea, in fact, to call me up and have him talk to me because she was just trying to show off. But uh, he didn't even ask to talk to me and, in fact, he didn't even know that she knew anybody with any kind of money, like all the people that she knew, as far as he knew, were broke just like her. So I never quite understood things like that. But I think that, uh, I think Peter has a little more complexity to him than just scamming. I think that scamming is how he gets money, and scamming is how he keeps in action. I think he has a bad gambling problem. But I think there's a good chance he actually enjoys 
doing favors for people and, and having them look up to him in that way. He enjoys uh, being the big man who can uh, pay for everything and do favors for people and make people happy. Like it, There may be a part of him that really enjoys this, and even if he has to scam to make it happen, um, that may be how you explain things like that girl Stephanie, what the relationship was there. So now, now something else that's interesting <clears throat> that was uh, actually C Money posted it on uh, one of his online, uh, you know, I guess booking uh, sheets that were that were posted online. It had listed his current Vegas address. Yeah. Um, which which I assume means that you know he had been spending or he used a, as an official address uh, Las Vegas. You know, as many people know, he at least in the time I knew him. Uh, traveled and mainly his connections were between Los Angeles and and Vegas back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah, I see that. In fact, I just posted in the thread the address. It was a four two two five South Decatur apartment eleven eighteen. Um, I'd have to look now, up on a map where that is. But well, that, well, I was just going to say I can tell you where that is, Druff. It is on Decatur um, between uh, Desert Inn and Spring Mountain. If you're heading north on the right hand side, right before Sahara. Okay, so on, that, on on Decatur. Now I can I can tell you I'm familiar with that apartment complex just because I, I Decatur is a very well known, uh, you know, very traveled road in Vegas. I've been on many times, and it is basically a, a low income, high minority, high poverty crime. I was going to say that because I think I know which apartment complex that is too because I think I've passed it, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, that's uh, exactly yes, the way you're describing it. It is, and then C Money even posted what uh, what the the rent was and some other information about it uh, online. But what's interesting to me when I read that is uh, for those that, that weren't here for the original beginning of the saga, is up until recently when this two plus two scandal came out in which uh, you know he rolled many many long long time users and uh, who, you know who else even knows the other things he was involved in uh, after the donk down. After Donkdown uh, exposed his scams and all that came out, he basically went into hiding and was totally off the radar for uh, well over a year. Yeah. Um, so now what I'm thinking, and of course this is just a theory of mine, is he was basically probably busted and, and busted up in terms of you know his finances and probably spent a majority of his time um, in that apartment complex in that bad area, because maybe that's all he could afford, and that's where he sat and orchestrated, you know, or, or perpetrated all these crimes and scams that that took place months ago. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if, if anyone that's familiar with uh, what happened in the two plus two threads, know that this was something that he built up over months and months in terms of gaining people's trust and eventually getting to the point where he could bet with people without putting up any collateral. And I kind of think that's probably how, where he laid low for, because, like I said, there was no reports of him in, in casinos in Vegas or L.A. None of his uh, previous contacts or people that knew him had, had reported seeing him. So that's what I was kind of thinking. He may have just really laid low there for a year while he perpetrated his next crime. Yeah. Uh, call you're on the air. Yeah, you asked me to give a call in. Oh, is this a VPP player? Okay, yeah, hello. So uh, what what can you tell us about this? And by the way, i got to thank VPP player for uh, giving me the phone number so I could make the little recording of the voicemail. This is is just to remind everybody, uh, he perpetrated a scam on 2 Plus 2, a sports betting scam, like the... 
ripped off a lot of people under the name of Mike Esposito. And there was some question for a while, was Peter really Mike Esposito or was this just someone similar to him? So uh, this was on a phone number. Hello, people. This is Todd Dandruff with hey, skip, skip. Sports Bets. And there's been a lot yeah, of speculation. Just, uh, this is something I played before. This is actually the infamous Peter Falcone. This is my call to him, so you can Peter hear the voicemail from our community. And I was a little bit skeptical if this was really Peter, but uh, we're going to call up Mike's phone number and listen to the voice on the voicemail. So let's take a listen right here. The mailbox belonging to Mike Esposito is full and cannot accept new messages at this. Anyway, that was the message, and that's definitely his voice. I, I remember that voice very well. Um, I know VP players talk to him. You know, people who know Peter know that that was his voice, and that was proof that the Mike Esposito, Limp Limp Call Fold, or whatever the name was on uh, 2 Plus 2 that ripped all those people off, uh, same guy. So, yeah, it looks like he was orchestrating another scam. And uh, VPP player, what can you add to this? Not really much. Uh, I can't really go into the details of what he's in custody for, other than it's definitely not the 2 plus 2 people. Now, what makes you say that? I, I noticed you've been claiming it's not the 2 plus 2 people. How can you be sure that someone didn't report the sports betting scam and he got arrested for it? Because I have first-hand knowledge, but it, it, it has nothing to do with them. Okay, so now do you actually know what he was arrested for and just can't say, or is it just you know it's not that? Yeah, it's out of respect to somebody that I, I you know, I'm not going to discuss it. I yeah. see. All right. Well, uh, this is Brandon. Thank you, obviously, for calling in. Uh, that that was something that, that I was curious. I was under the impression that you randomly stumbled upon the fact that he was arrested, which kind of struck me as odd, but now I guess it's making more sense. So basically what you're saying is someone that you know personally uh, outside of the 2 plus 2 community was a victim of, of a crime by him, and that's what he was arrested for? Well, somebody I know that's friends with the victim, yes. Okay. Um, wow. Now, would uh, you say, I, mean, I know you can't it, say much detail about it, but would you say this is a, a fairly major thing he was arrested for, or uh, does the 455000 bail just make it seem more major than it really is? It might be just high because of his previous record, but, you know, California does have a have a three strikes uh, law, so any 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 case that he catches is major. So yeah, do you think he has uh, two strikes already, or is it just he had? Uh, like I, I believe that there's only certain kinds of felonies that count as the first two strikes. I know the third strike could be any felony, but I think the first yeah. two have to be violent, and I don't think he has that on his record, does he? Uh, no, but. Uh he has he has enough of a history, uh, and California has this uh, has this thing. I'm I'm just learning about it now. I can't. I don't have my notes in front of me. I, I was literally in a casino. I had to walk to the convention center to to find a quiet spot to call. Uh, the California has something where if you are victimized by a uh, a defendant in the case, if that defendant is found guilty. Uh, that you can offer some sort of affidavit or some sort of testimony uh, to paint a bigger picture of this person. So uh, down the stretch, hopefully there's a, there's a long list of people to, to fill in those blanks. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, but, uh, too, if uh, we're going to have a lot of people coming forward now 
to claim that they were victims of Peter D.C. And when I say claim, I don't mean people who are falsely claiming it. I mean, you know, he has a lot of victims. Let's call him by his name, Peter Falcone. And uh, I'll I'll respect to uh, other Peter Falcones. No disrespect to other Peter Falcones, because believe me, I stumbled across some in my hunt for him over the course of time. Uh, You know, this is Peter Falcone, born September 9th. Uh, in September of 1970. Let's not give him that moniker anymore. Let's call him Peter Falcone so people know that it, name. It's funny, that, it's funny that you say that because I've often wondered if the most famous of all time, Peter Falcone's, who played Major League Baseball, has ever been contacted or even <laughs> heard of this other Peter Falcone that shares the same name. I, I'm sure probably he has because when I first met Peter Falcone in 1995, Oh, it's 94. He claimed to be his son. Wow. Jesus. He felt, he felt calm. My dad used to pitch for the Mets. That was his <laughs> wow. <laughs> Never heard that one. Oh, God. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and then wow. that poor guy, P. Falcone, that owns JD Sports out of uh, uh, Palm Gardens, Florida, who actually puts on the Michael Jordan golf tournament at the Aria. Imagine carrying that name at the Aria. Peter Falcone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some people saying they heard his name mentioned during the tournament. Uh, when it from the golf channel, but again, that was another, that was another Peter Falcone. I remember reading that that somebody posted on one of the forums that wow, this Peter Falcone guy really must be in deep with celebrities. He got a shout out on you know whatever sports channel that you know, that that was on, and I was like Jesus. But uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously that was my impression of, you know, the fact that the bail was so high. Um, but let me ask you, if, if you guys could even say this, um, I myself, first off, I was scammed by him, uh, but for a, lo- a much less amount of money about uh, in, in October, uh, or actually it was in November of 2010, and basically what it came down to, and I, I, you know, it's not that big a deal at all compared to what you guys have been through, but uh, more or less, you know, he befriended, you know, the community that I was part of, and uh, he offered me some free comps for rooms that he said he could never use and were just going to go to waste. And I ended up using them, and I ended up being charged several thousand dollars for them. Um, and uh, I guess I, I don't even know if, if you want to use the term scam even you know, to apply to that situation because I did get what I paid for. It was just more something that he had promised me or offered me for free and that I never would have accepted knowing it would have costed me you know, $4,000. Um, so that's really my interaction, other than I have met him, I don't know, maybe four or five times as well. But uh, what I did want to ask you, you know, at this point, what, how do you plan on handling this? If, if there's a court date, do you or other people that have been scamping on showing up and, and or contacting whoever, uh, you know, whenever the DA, whoever's decided to prosecute it? Well, I think the people that are... That, uh, Relevant to the case that's charged will probably show up at the at the preliminary hearing, uh, if there is one. But uh, you know, no, I think the the other victims can come forward when it comes time post conviction. Possibly again, I'm not I am not an expert on California law. I have no I'm speaking you know best best guess right now that post conviction you get to paint the bigger picture of the man that's up to sentencing and. Um, if the judge gets flooded with letters and uh, of, of this course, man's right. history, of course, uh, you know, 
that 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 will weigh a factor. Again, I don't think you can get anybody to say a good thing about him. Well, that, that's that's what I was thinking when it comes to sentencing. That can that could definitely swing, you know, if in fact he's convicted, you know, from it being on the low end of whatever the sentencing guidelines are, more to the high end of it based on letters and, and people testifying. Um, you know, on, on let me ask you this again, and, I, and I, I'm you know trying to be respectful of the fact that you don't want to give out too much information because it's someone you know and you promised. In your opinion, from what he's charged with, would you would you, could you speculate on the amount of possible jail slash prison time? I mean, is this something that most likely no. he will be serving prison for? Well, I would hope so, but we're dealing with California, and California, as we know, is has major overcrowding issues from anybody that's watched the news recently can see people that get they walk in and out of there and and in fact I think they have they have to release nonviolent offenders on on a scale of of like again I'm speaking how to just out of news stories out of a small percentage to the number of days that they're sentenced so but the great thing is he'll be, he'll be on paper because he hasn't been on paper now since the New York case because he did every day of his bit there. So uh, the slightest misstep, and, you know, that's trailing you now wherever you are. Because right. if he does get the shot under the sentence, he'll have, he'll have paper on him for a, a good number of years. So right. uh, I, mean, I guess that's what I'm saying, though, is in terms of what he's charged with, you, if you take away the over. Uh, the overcrowding in California in most states is a serious enough charge to mandate at least minimum. Oh yeah. Okay. That's that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if he did this in Nevada, he'd be doing more time than OJ probably. Oh, and OJ was sentenced to a uh, max of 27 years. Okay. Well. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, you know, I'm glad you called in. I hope whatever relevant information you can post without uh, violating any trust that, that you'll do, just so we're all kept abreast of it. Because yeah, you know, obviously a lot of us have interacted or been affected by Peter D.C. in one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, especially if people could uh, find out when the time will come for victims to come forward and uh, you know tell the court about what he's been up to so so he can get an appropriate sentence. Well, I think the, uh, the, the L.A. Sheriff's Department website uh, if you log in there and do an inmate search, eventually they'll have the court dates posted. Uh, so, you know, the information it should be pretty accessible to everybody. And, uh, you know, like I would tell anybody that's listening, don't fear Peter Falcone because he's a coward. He's a coward that runs from every complication that he's ever had. Uh, he, he's somebody that always hid on surveillance cameras, uh, so, I mean, people that have any fear for him, don't. Come forward if you have a prosecutable case. You know, these two plus two people, I reached out to them, and they basically gave me the Heisman uh, over over the course of time to get information. And uh, so I don't know if they have anything that's prosecutable, but now is the time to, to send their paperwork in because they know where he's at. And with Pete Falcone, that's 85% of the battle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. And, and, you know, one other question. Obviously, I did follow uh, the 2 plus 2 thread, but uh, I, I really never was able to 
determine an accurate number of exactly how much uh, through the overall community he ended up scamming. Do you have a rough or pretty close to estimate of how much he ended up scamming from everybody? No, no. Uh, I mean, could you fathom a guess that you think might be reasonable, just so people know? Just you know, it, 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 would, it would be a guess. So I don't even want to. Okay. Speculate. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wow. Um, and I guess, you know, the other thing I did want to ask you, and again, you know, I just, because there's so many people that know this story, and again, I, you know, I respect the fact that, uh, you know, you've, you've made promises. How was he picked up? Was, was, I mean, was he pulled over? Was whoever, you know, your friend was the victim, did he call the cops and just know where Peter D.C. was? That was something else that was on my mind. I just wondered if he had been randomly pulled over or if this had been like an ongoing case and they showed up at his residence. Can you comment uh, at all on that at all, just how um, the whole arrest in general went down, even if not to say, you know, for any other reason why it happened? Uh, well, um, I, think I, I think I can say that if you're a movie fan, just envision the last scene of From Fargo. Wow. I've got that movie. Okay. Think of William H. Macy. That's how it went down. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that's, that's a great comparison. Thank you uh, for giving us that. And uh, yeah, Thank you for calling in, uh, VP Player, and uh, giving us that update. And give us future updates if uh, there's anything else uh, about this case, both on radio and on, uh, on the forum. Yeah, especially court right. cases or... Just, you know, let us know uh, when the time comes, because I'm sure there are others out there, as you mentioned, that are lurkers that may be scared of him in the past to come forward, and that can make a huge difference, like you mentioned, in sentencing. So please, court dates and all relevant information, make sure you keep us up to date, and either by posting or calling in, okay? All right, okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for taking, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Wow, unbelievable. Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Peter DC update there, and, uh, of course, just uh, check out that thread on the scam, scandals, and shadiness about Peter DC if you want to get updates on the situation as more information is released. So, uh, speaking of people who might be in trouble, uh, this is not someone involved with poker or our forums, but uh, I actually have something to add to this. This is about uh, John Travolta, who has been accused of uh, sexually harassing masseuses in, uh, I think, Atlanta, and that there's a lawsuit against him, right? I guess there were two lawsuits against him for uh, making gay advances against male masseurs. And, uh, you know, there's been a long, long rumor about John Travolta that he's gay and that he's in the closet. Now, this is interesting for a few reasons, other than just his general notoriety, and that, number one, he's a big member of the Scientologist church, and Scientology is very anti-gay. They try to cure gay people, which I think is stupid, because if someone's gay, they're gay. I don't think there's a way you can change that. But uh, he's a member of Scientology. He's given a lot of money to them, and there's even speculation that they keep closet gay people, especially closet gay celebrities in the church by uh, sort of like soft blackmailing them that information about their true sexuality will get out if they leave the church. There's been rumors about that. But uh, anyway, John Travolta, there's been rumors for a long time, but I had remembered reading an article on 
Gawker about him and his, quote, secret sex life. I had remembered reading this about two years ago. And then I forgot about it until these recent lawsuits came about. And uh, let me take this phone call here. See if this is important. Otherwise, we'll get to the phone call after. I'll call you around the air. <laughs> is this Todd? That's what I thought it was. See, I, I didn't I want to interrupt this, my... I thought, this was, I thought this was Drexel Radio. I didn't call to talk to your ass. Well, you you are talking to my ass. If, if you're not going to be... Pleasant on this oh call here. God. I'm have how, to how, un, how unfortunate. Well, Marty, what do you want to do? I'm, I'm willing to let you speak here, but no. Well, I was gonna... I was actually calling to I was I was calling hopefully to talk to Drexel without your constant interference. You know what? You know what I'd like to talk about since I'm on the air is you blocking proxies from surfing your site. You fucking douchebag. Right, let's not do that. You know right, you block you block proxies. All right. Yeah. Goodbye. I, uh, you know, Marty had texted me a little while ago and wanted to come on. I didn't respond. And I, I just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want it to be this show about, I don't want this show to be about that. So it's not, you know, and I will say, you know, I haven't spoken with Marty. There's nothing going on, I guess, as far as uh, the internet and e-feuds e and I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Well, we're fine. You know, there's nothing going on between us, but I don't want. I, I, I just don't want to do it. I For think, the people that know, are disappointed I hung up on him, I know there's a, a well, mixed feeling about this in the chat room, but the problem is I could already tell from the first uh, five seconds of the call that he's super drunk right now. He's not going to let anyone get a word in edgewise. He's just going to scream and scream and scream. And while some people may find that entertaining, you know, if he's going to come on here, he's got to at least be able to have a conversation. And I could already tell in the first five seconds what was going to happen. So there's no point to continue. Yeah. Anyhow, what? Uh, I'm sorry. So, getting back to what you were saying. So, uh, anyway, uh, I had read an article on Gawker about uh, the secret sex life of John Travolta, and there's a. I saw from this article. I went back and found it uh, from 2010. There's a lot of similarities to the accusations that these men are making against him, to the story that I read here. So, either these guys read the same story. Or their accusations are true. And I have to think at least some of the accusations are true. But here, here's some uh, excerpts from the story. Um, this was from 1995, the guy was recalling. This is what he says. This is in a, a spa, which was a, a known hangout for gay men. I walked in, and the guy was giving John a blowjob. And like guys do, he pulled his head up when I walked in. Then they left the room. Randolph, Randolph is the guy that was describing this. Randolph described Travolta's mate as, quote, very handsome, very hung, Middle Eastern man. I decided to follow them, he said. There was an empty massage room upstairs where guys could go and have sex. I followed them up there, and I went into the next room where I normally got my massages. See the massage stuff again, too. Uh, and I watched them have sex. Full-blown sex, anal. In case you're wondering, Travolta is a bottom. <laughs> so that's this is a re this was reported in 2010 about something that happened in 95, and uh, later in this article, um, it mentions that it says if there's one thing he likes though is guys with big dicks, uh, especially if the men in question are straight. He does do more masculine gay guys, but his thing is straight guys. He pulls them in because they're shocked and impressed that it's Travolta and they're hooking up with him, and then. Um, this is what really reminds me of some of the accusations in the story. How on earth does the actor seduce all these straight guys? The lure of celebrity plays a big part. In the beginning, he would come in and people would recognize him and he would let people approach him. 
he's very personable, and he'd use that fact that he's a star to reel guys in. Um, or actually, that, that's not the point I wanted to read. There was a point where he he it talks about how he just kind of eventually just reaches in and starts touching the guys, and then sees how they react, which seems very similar to what he's accused of doing to these masseurs. So I have to think this is probably true, and I also have to wonder why his wife, who must know, I mean, she must know that that he's secretly gay. Why would his wife stay married to him for more than 20 years? Is it money? Is it just... Well, what's, what's even more strange is it just... And I didn't even know this. Obviously, uh, it was well reported he had a son that died, I believe, in the Bahamas in 2009. They just had another child um, two years ago. Well, you which, know what's really weird? Yeah, She was 47 years old when she had this child, and the child was born just weeks after my son, and they're both named Benjamin. Hmm. So, I mean, so what you're saying, Jeff, in your opinion, you do believe that uh, he has been gay all these years? Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, I think he's been gay, and, uh, you know, it's not about an actor being gay. I mean, a lot of people in Hollywood are gay, but, you know, he's covered it up, and I think when a dude's married for over 20 years to a woman, but is actually going out to sex clubs and, you know, sucking off big dicks Middle Eastern guys, I think that's a... I think that's worthy to talk about. I think that's interesting to people. And I think it's dishonest. I think, you know, if you're gay, then be with people of your own gender. You know, just, just be yourself. Don't don't get in a heterosexual relationship if you're gay. And uh, I, I'm just surprised that with all the rumors over the years, and, you know, as a wife, I'm sure she, she got an idea. I'm sure she knows. So I'm just wondering why she, she puts up with it. But I, I'm pretty sure that uh, these stories are true. Maybe some of them have been exaggerated to try to get extra money in lawsuits or whatever. You know, whenever you're rich and famous, you're always a target for lawsuits. Even about true things you do. People always want to sue you to get money. It's not like me who sues people who are broke. Um, uh, you know, it's... Uh, usually lawsuits are aimed at people with money, and a lot of times they're frivolous, sometimes they're not, but... You know. Well... Also, I guess this just was released. Uh, this uh, it was actually linked to us by Genie. Uh, I haven't seen it. Obviously, two plus two is down, but it was just linked by uh, Genie in the chat in regards to full tilt and poker stars that were there. Apparently, they were in court yesterday. Uh, did you get the link I sent you on Skype, Jeff? Uh, let me see. I, I see there's something came through on Skype. If it's the old Skype, I would have gotten this right away. And this is apparently, according to Jeannie, breaking news. Okay, let me let me go to this. And that echo is back, by the way, so you may have to call me back. I may have to call you back. I'm hearing it, yeah. Okay, you, you say uh, hang word, up, I'll, I'll call you right back. back. I'll call you right back. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to call Brandon back here. Skype decided to uh, add an echo on for reasons unknown. So just uh, one moment here. Put him back on, and then I will read this breaking news. Okay, I'm back. You're back? Yeah, okay. it's very strange because it, it's fine. It seems after maybe 30 minutes or so of me being connected, that's when it starts. Oh, that better than the whole radio show time. failing after 30 minutes. Yeah. Anyhow, well, it's not that big a fail. But anyhow, I'll let you read this uh, news, news release that just came out. Yeah, so uh, there is a news release, and uh, we have an update here. Thank you again, Jeannie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jeannie, for the update and letting us know and keeping us abreast of the news. No pun intended. And uh, I will read this in a second here. 
having trouble coming up with this here. Just one one moment. And <laughs> shout out to Lucy Collins. Thanks. Okay, that's our, our little uh, news sound effect. It's going to be way, long, way too long to find it. The news is Full Tilt and Poker Stars in court today. This is actually May 8th. It was first reported, but there's an update. 10.14 p.m. Pacific Time today. So an update given 12 minutes ago. It has come to our attention that representatives of Full Tilt Poker and Poker Stars are in the USA today to come to settlements about the purchase and agreements between both companies and the Department of Justice. The news is positive reinforcement that Full Tilt players will be getting their money soon, less than 90 days, and that the deal is still going to happen. As with all cases in this matter, information is not being released by either company until finalized. The agreement would mean hundreds of millions of dollars to be paid to U.S. government in order to be on, quote, good terms again, I guess that would be the fine. Uh, that's, that's not in the article, it's my editorializing. And clear any future liabilities of poker stars during the purchase of Full Tilt assets. Full payment by poker stars to U.S. citizens for defrauded money by ex-Full Tilt owners will be paid immediately. This is wow, that's great news. Yeah. This has been good. a clear necessity by the Department of Justice for any deal to go through, and is one reason why Bernard Tappy would not purchase Full Tilt Poker. According to Tappy, the DOJ would not allow sufficient time, 90 days, to generate revenues to pay back player balances. So basically they're saying here that uh, um, Group Tappy wanted to generate money from running the site to be able to pay back U.S. players, and the Department of Justice said, no way, you pay up front. Anyway, um, so that's the updated news. This is on a site called CompatiblePoker.com. Never heard of it, but uh, that's where the news comes from. And provided it's true, this is great news. This would mean that uh, once this is finalized, that players who had money stuck on full tilt will get it in less than three months. And that would be great for people who have money on there. And um, this is also saying that PokerStars is going to pay a fine, I think this is what it's trying to say, of hundreds of millions of dollars to the U.S. government, and then that will absolve them of all charges, that they won't have to worry about getting arrested or having money seized or anything else, that the, the Department of Justice will essentially say, pay us a few hundred million dollars, pay back the U.S. players, and we'll leave you alone. And, and PokerStars is apparently agreeing to this, provided that they get full tilt in return. So that's that's what's being reported here. Obviously, we really hope this is true. Um, but uh, if it is, then in three months, which unfortunately will be after the World Series for those who need the money to play the World Series, but uh, fortunately, we'll be getting our money if that this is, is what actually happens. So I, I was a little bit worried that We've heard too little since it was announced that PokerStars would be buying Full Tilt and that maybe the deal had fallen through. But uh, if they're here to go to court to finalize this deal, that's a good sign. So, um, just wanted to read that. Thank you, Jeannie, for giving us that link. And I think it's a good sign. I... As far as how I feel about this, other than feeling good that everyone's getting paid, uh, 
I think that Poker Stars might have the desire to purchase Full Tilt pretty much to shut out anybody else from competing with them and also to have this well-tested and robust software to either sell or lease out to U.S. online poker rooms when this becomes legal. So they both shut out anyone else from taking over the market. Because, you know, to be honest here, if they knew for sure that nobody was going to buy Full Tilt and it would just sit there forever in a dead state, I don't think they'd want to buy it. Because there's no point to knock out a competitor that's already knocked themselves out. But, for example, if Group Tappy bought Full Tilt, then they would immediately become an, a competitor to Poker Stars for the non-U.S. market. So I think Poker Stars is, uh, is is hoping a few things by this. First of all, it'll get them back on good terms with the U.S. government and maybe even allow them to be operating legally in the U.S. when eventually online poker is legalized. And, uh, and furthermore, they shut out any ability to, to really compete with them in the meantime. So... I, I don't know if it's worth the money they're spending. And the $750 million figure we're hearing, or we heard you know, a few weeks ago, may be the combination of the fine and what they're paying to pay off the U.S. player balances or, or pay all the player balances. So mm. I, I bet that's a like combined no. number. But nonetheless, I mean, it's excellent, it's excellent news. Just, uh, you know, if uh, what is being reported holds true and people are paid within three months, and that's it's great news. I know just... Uh, I don't know, as, as far as three, four months ago, people had, had all but given up. And I, you, know, you probably know better than me, but what, what well, for the most part, what were the numbers that were, be, were, that were given out in terms of how much people offering, were offering to sell their full tilt for, for cents on the dollar? Yeah. You remember there was a time that, you know, people were literally would have, you know, were selling it. And I think it got as low as maybe 30 cents, 40 cents. Yeah, something That's, around there, like 40, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's great news. Um, d- did you see the Skype I sent you? Okay, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm yes. just seeing it now. Um, as has been reported uh, earlier, and, and, you know, I'm not going to obviously lie. This was something that was brought to my attention by somebody else um, earlier this evening, that there were some claims made against Teddy, the Iceman Monroe, that he had been barred from uh, MGM Properties, and... I don't know. The, I don't know the story about this. I spoke with him on the phone, and uh, I told him that I was going to be uh, on the radio with uh, LOL Donald, and uh, he agreed to come on and uh, just speak. And I, I don't know nothing more about what's happened. So uh, we're going to go ahead and call him. And of and course, find so when we call the Iceman, right? And when we call him, mm-hmm. we win. We always win. We always win because he, yeah, either we get him and we get a lot of entertainment out of those calls, or we don't get him. And we get his great voicemail. So you really can't lose calling the Iceman. So let's uh, give him a call here. We may win the other way. Please leave your message for... Yeah, please leave a message. <laughs> Sorry, that mailbox is full. Oh, this is what happens when you have such a good voicemail. Well, Everyone calls it. Your you know what, though? Cold. The thing very well may be he does not recognize the, whatever number we're calling him from. Yeah, maybe text um, him and tell him we're calling. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going to just, okay. uh, real fast... 
Yeah, we want to hear from the Iceman about his supposed ban I, from MGM. I mean, we have I to hear about that. I talked to him at 8.50, and uh, he said he was going to come on. Maybe we should have called him right when the show started. Oh. Huh. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, we, I know we, we just tried calling you, me and Donald. I know that uh, you don't answer unknown numbers, but whatever area code just called you, we're going to call you back from, and you will be live on the radio at that time, okay? Okay, we'll call you right now, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Uh, I mean, I guess apparently some other people have just been uh, blatantly calling him once a week. Uh, numerous amount of times, so he just he stops answering. I understand. Yeah, telephone harassment. Hello, is this Teddy the Iceman Monroe? <laughs> he just hangs up on us. What the hell? Well, it sounded like he was in the car. All right, let's try that again. Okay, that's not a good start. Uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> this one's not our fault, I promise. This is this is his uh, cell phone's fault. We're, we're doing all we can here. Do you remember the, the one time he had like a Baltimore number for some reason and explained it on the Hello? Is this Teddy the Iceman Monroe again? Yes. Hey, buddy, are you in a bad location? Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you real good. Okay, because we lost you for a second. You are on... Uh, Poker Fraud Alert Radio with me and my former partner uh, from the, uh, the previous show, uh, Donald Wittellis, World Series of Poker bracelet winner. Oh, yeah. How y'all doing? Yeah, hello, Iceman. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's actually, uh, Donald, I, I guess it's been a good, what, maybe uh, eight months since you Yeah, really it's been too long. Iceman? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, way it's, too it's long. It's been a while, about eight months, yeah. yeah. Iceman, uh, obviously, you know, we spoke for about 10 minutes before we had this impromptu uh, radio show. I told you some of the rumors that were out there and things that were being said. Um, you know, and I also stated I, had, I you know you obviously on a personal level as a friend, but uh, I was not privy to anything that has been going on. Uh, all I heard were, were these rumors and these accusations being made, and I wanted to give, you know, you have a ton of fans right now that are listening in live and also in our chat room, um, what yeah. is going on? Uh, you, you obviously know what, you know, from what we spoke on the phone in regards to uh, you being called out tonight uh, by somebody for being banned at ARIA, and I guess apparently it was even a prank call made. Just tell us, what's going on? Well, actually, I got a phone call, and uh, somebody said that uh, I was banned from ARIA. Actually, I was never banned from ARIA. I just up and just left. And so I called ARIA uh, about a half an hour ago, and I spoke with Leon, and Leon said that somebody called in as a girl with the worst girl voice he ever heard, and he said that... Uh, yeah, yeah, and he said that he thought it was me that was making the prank call. And uh, I told him, no, it wasn't me. I said it was a guy named Michael on Dunkdown Radio calling to see if I was banned from Aria. And I, I said if I was banned from Aria, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Hmm, okay. So, so I, mean, I guess more or less what you're saying, you are, you are not banned from Aria. No, I, I was not told I was banned from Aria, no. Okay. Uh, do you, I mean, why? Why? why would... It was the reason why I left 
Aria. I, I left Aria for my own personal reasons. Um, you know, uh, from back uh, in the day with Bellagio, you know, I had some confrontations with, you know, the, the locals back there. And, you know, when I was playing in Aria, you know, when you're, when you're winning and then, you know, we still talking smack back-to-back day, they were complaining on me on anything that I would do. They was just complaining. And, you know, and sometimes the complaints, was, it was getting on my nerves because the floor guy would come over and, you know, he would take their side, and, you know, and I would go back. I was just trying to defend myself. And I was like, listen, you know what? I'm getting too old for this. You know, and I just say, from now on, you know, I'm not going to sit in one casino, help build it up, you know, tell people, come on over, what casino is hot, you know, unless I'm getting paid for it, you know, and I said to myself, you know, what I'm going to do now is just bounce around and, and just go play in different casinos and, and, and have fun and, you know, enjoy myself with other people and, you know, sometimes people I don't know. So let me get this yeah. straight, though. Dr- uh, Leon knew then, is, you talked to Leon, Leon actually knew that Michael called him and Frank called him with that girl's voice? He knew the whole time that, that it was a prank yeah, call? He, he, he knew that it was a prank call, and but he thought I was calling, you know, and he thought it was me. And uh, actually, he didn't know it was Michael, but I told him it was Michael. Oh, so you myself. you made sure he understood. That's that. good. I'm glad that uh, Michael is finally getting his due for uh, calling these rooms there and uh, pretending to be girls. That's not very yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael. He's, I mean, like, listen, he should do better. He should do better things to get his show hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, use the prank calls to try to use on the ice man. It's not going to work. Because I got too much love out there in the street, and I give it back three times as much. So I'm not worried about Michael and his prince calls, you know. Yeah, so, so what you're saying there is you can actually go into Aria anytime you want. You're just choosing not to. Right, yeah. I can walk in there. Well, oh, actually, good. you can call. You can call yourself, and they will tell you I'm not. So <laughs> they, they will probably tell you uh, I'm, I'm probably, uh, you know, I'm actually not even um, 86 from Bellagio. I'm banned from the poker room. That's what it is. You know, I can walk in Bellagio, but I can't play poker in it. And, and how, so long have you been how long have you been yeah, banned? Is this, yeah, the same, is this the same ban as the thing involving the coins, or is this a different ban? Yeah, yeah. yeah the coin flip that I ain't had nothing to do with, too. Okay. I just want to say one thing. You know, like with a casino... You know, if if they don't want you to play in their casino, okay, I mean, anything could come up, and then, you know, they can just say, look, you know, okay, we can make this stick, and, and then there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, anybody could come up and say, oh, well, he's threatening me. And if the casino says, okay, you, you, you know, you're out of here, you're 86, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't fight it in court. You can't do nothing about it. So, you know, now, you know, I've been here for so long, like 14, 15 years, you know, I just I just go on with my life and I make sure I, I watch who I uh, socialize with and who I deal with now, you know, with, as far as friends. Because everybody that's now. Gbuck27, one of our users in the chat right now listening to you live on PokerFraudAlert.com, wants to know uh, now that you're not playing there, what room are you frequently uh, frequenting the most? That's a good point. Where can well, people find the Iceman? 
I'll say definitely at uh, at the win. But uh, tomorrow, you know, the Iceman might have something a uh, surprise for y'all. Uh, who knows? Uh, I might end up at Palm for a good while. It's you know, awesome. it's been a beautiful poker room. It's unbelievable. Um, and they called and made a phone call for me, and they wanted me to come over there and sit down and have a talk with them and see what we could do to uh, help it get it going. So, again, just, just to recap, uh, when it was stated on an other radio show earlier tonight that you had been banned and a prank call supposedly was made, I did not listen to it. I, I just heard from other people, and, of course, you validated it. You, you were not banned from the ARIA, and what was said about you was complete misinformation. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. I mean, if, if, let me tell you something. If I'm banned, I'm not aware of it. And when I talked to Adam on the, uh, when I talked to a man to man, when I first went to uh, Aria, you know, he always told me if if I was if I was going to be 86 in Aria, he will be the one that tells me I'm 86. I, he have not given me a phone call. He got my number. Um, I called up there one time just to see if I was 86. They told me no. So, you know, until I know or tell, someone tells me I'm banned, then I'm, I'm banned. But, you know, it would never, even if I was banned, it won't stop the ice, man. I'm still going to be here for my fans. You know what I mean? I'm always here for them. I love them too much. They can always come up to me and ask me anything to help improve on their poker play. And they can always come to me. And you know, and and get like the great ticket sales on the fight. Cause I always have tickets. I say I, I I buy tickets and I sell them. I always try to look out for all my fans and friends here in Vegas. And I love and I love my fans so much. I, I'm willing to do anything to help them at any given time. Now, you know, I, I don't want to really talk about it. And I guess this will be the only comment I make about this. But I just was sent. A, uh, a PM from someone that listened to a radio show earlier that gave me the specifics on, of what went on, and indeed, in fact, uh, you know, there was a prank call made uh, by by Michael, I guess, stating that uh, he was a female and that he had had some interaction with you. Um, I know we've talked yeah. about this uh, personally in the past. Since all this has yeah. happened, what has your interaction been? I mean, you've told me, you know, personal on the phone. Michael's approached you several times. In, in Las Vegas uh, casinos. I mean, tell, tell me about, uh, or tell uh, you uh, about that, which is very odd. Actually, actually, you know, I knew I knew Michael was going to take a shot at me. He approached me uh, three times and kept saying, the Iceman show, please, it has to go on. And we have to keep that Iceman segment going on. And I just looked at him and I smiled. And I was said yes. You know, I just smiled and I walked away. And then, you know, I seen him again. Then he, he tweeted me maybe about, you know, eight times. And I never answered the phone. So I knew sooner or later he was going to take a shot and try to kill my credibility with my fans. But, you know, I let him, that, was his, that was his best shot. He got to come better than that. You know, and Michael's show is not doing well right now. And, you know, and he has to do whatever he can do that, that can pro- promote some type of news. And why not try the Iceman? You know what I mean? If he could get news from me, that, that probably can help his show. But I'm sorry, Michael, you lost. Oh, man. So the, don't, don't worry, Iceman. Uh, we, we have a regular show coming up here 
you know, this we have one uh, tonight, but soon it's going to be a show we have every week, and uh, we'll be happy to have you on here. And uh, you know, the the show with the Iceman can go on even without Michael. Yes, um, you know, I hope everything worked out. If everything worked out really with Palms, you know, I want to give you guys a call, even with the you know the the manager at Palms, and you know, and I'll be telling you. Y'all got to go see Palms. It's beautiful how they build that poker room. And also they they build the where so they can stand because they know eventually they're going to take over. I mean, they, they did a phenomenal job. And if everything worked out, it's going to be a room where you get froze at. They also have a glass bubble door there. And, you know, and I came up with, uh, I made him laugh today. You know, I came up, I said, you know, if, if a couple of uh, players come and play the Iceman, and, you know, I got a bounty, you know, you know, on my head, too. If they knock me out, you know, then I want them to freeze the whole glass door where people can't see us, and then, you know, and then uh, then it cleared up, let the smoke clear up. And that'll get the people something to look at. So hopefully everything will work out. You know, I shouldn't be leaking out the cells now, but, you know, I just want my fans to know, you know, it's always something special and great going on in Vegas, and, and I'm always here, and I love all y'all. They're not going to chase the ice plan away. I'm always here for all y'all. Uh, that's that's very good news. And, again, uh, you know, I, I want to say I do appreciate, uh, you know, your loyalty to me and, and now obviously by, you know, to, to Donald as well. Um, you know, many right. people, for many people that don't know, you know, we I knew you many, many years before forums and radio. Uh, you know, I right. really met you over 10 years ago. So, you know, it's not as if we've had this existing friendship just based right. on these sites. And, uh, and, you know, we've had, you know, we've had many hours of conversations both in person on the oh. and on the phone we about the travel together. We did it all. Yeah. We had fun. Yeah, we so saw everything before... He had fun uh, before a lot of people became known. Before I, I think I became the Iceman, we was friends. Yeah. You know, sure. And that's how far we go back. And you know, look, uh, like Iceman, it's, uh, what's happened here is you're freezing Michael. You're freezing him. <laughs> and then uh, moving over here where it's warmer. In fact, you know what's funny? I remember, and I could be mistaken, but I'm, I'm pretty quite sure, Teddy, before you were even known as the Iceman, right when you were coming into the Vegas poker scene, you weren't even known. You had a different nickname than even the Iceman. And I remember, and maybe it was just what people called you, you know, in general, but I remember, and I'm trying to think of what it was. I, I want to say for a while, way back, and I'm talking like 2001, 2002, that you were known just as Black Teddy or something along yeah. those lines, and then from there it went to the Iceman. Is that, what, is that accurate or no? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that was accurate. Yeah, because I knew yeah. you had a different nickname, and then sometime like around 2004 or so, the whole Iceman persona blew up. But you used to, right. you, your original nickname was Black Teddy, and then it just went yeah, from there right. to the Iceman. And then right. you've been freezing people? I, I, I was freezing them, baby, and I'm still doing it today. I mean, you're going to get froze. You sit down and play with the Iceman, i got to freeze you. I'm going to freeze you for one split second. Because I know all the little things in poker, and I and I love to teach. I love to teach it to all my fans. It's not like I'm better than anybody, because I lose too. Sometimes the ice bank gets froze. But see, I, I don't let them know they freeze me. You know, that's the little things I have to teach you. You got, you know, so you know, I, I can't teach you everything, 
but I can teach you enough. I can show you how to flat ball somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, all I have to say here is, uh, with this transition you're making here, Iceman, you have to be happy that Michael does not have any nude pictures of you. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, don't tell her, right? Hey, don't worry about it. I got a great-looking body, you know. All the women like big stomachs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just, listen, man, I, I, you know, I really want to say, man, look, man, thanks to y'all, man, and thanks to Brandon, who I love so much, you know what I mean, and he's so tight, and and you too, man, you, you guys, man, y'all the greatest, you know what I mean, like, you know, it's an honor for me to be on your radio station, so my fans can hear my voice, and I'm actually right now, you know, just taking a walk, and enjoying the air, you know what I mean, and, and, and having a nice time, and I'm getting ready to go eat some lunch with a friend of mine, an Asian friend of mine, and uh, sit back and relax. Yeah. But I just want to let you know something. I love you guys at the radio station. Y'all keep doing what y'all do. Y'all the best of it, and there's nobody else better than y'all. And, and I, I do want to again thank you for your 100% loyalty to me. And there are future oh. projects that, that you know of that we're all going to be involved in, myself, Donald, uh, you know, other entities. And you're right. 100% always going to be our, our number one uh, featured person. Um, you know, we want you involved in our projects. You're always free to promote anything you want, and we want you to be a part of it uh, just as we are. And, you know, we're all trying to forget the past of... of Dumb yeah. down and what happened with Michael, and, and, you know, and just move on, and we want you to move on with us, Iceman. Oh, no doubt, man. It, it, it's bigger things in the world than, you know, just, you know, dunk down radio. We got bigger things to do now. It's a new it's, it's a new time. The WSOP getting started in about three weeks. I know, Y'all We didn't even freeze them. Oh, two weeks. My Asian friend said two weeks, Iceman, you're wrong. Iceman, I don't want to neglect, because we have a very big chat that goes on. A lot of your fans love the interaction. So uh, I saw a couple okay. questions that were posted, and if I missed any guys, go ahead and post them now. I know one of our uh, users, her name is Jeannie. She's, you know, she's a MILF, okay? She's uh, in her early 50s, but she's definitely a mother. Anybody would love to fuck. Uh, very attractive, you know, uh, older woman, but beautiful. She wanted to know, right. she's, a, she's a big fan of the Iceman. Uh, Jeannie uh, wanted to know, do you have any tattoos? That was her That was her question to you. Do I have any tattoos? Yeah, I got one on my right chest, right on the side of uh, um, of my big chest with it, you know. I don't know if you can say it on, on the radio. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can. You can go ahead and say it. It's fine. Yeah, tell her it's right on my titty. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeannie, baby, but that's where it's at. You know, you know what I mean? And it's, it's beautiful, baby. It's beautiful. Awesome. I actually have a question for you. Uh, what happened to what happened to IcemanNightlife.com? I just tried to go there and uh, I got like a placeholder page. Uh, is that site down for good or is it just taking a, a rest? Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, I spent nine life for uh, it, it'll probably be uh, maybe up tomorrow. I'll take it down. I got because I'm putting all the stuff on them. I got to change the number. At first, I had I had I had a, a third number, but now I'm gonna go ahead and post my number on there. But as far as the Ice Man Nightlife mm-hmm. and everything that's going with it, like me doing the ticket sales, me doing all the the, the concerts, 
and me doing the bachelor party things, all those things are successful. Yeah. Yeah, it says, it says the... Remember a couple of weeks ago when you had to change numbers? Yeah, yeah. Alert, and it was kind of down for... Yeah, that is true. I, d- I did have to change servers, but it's, yeah, it says over here right now, this site has stepped out for a bit, and it actually shows like a, a hat and a tie on a rack, like someone just stepped oh. out, but they'll be right back. Yeah. It'll be back up. It'll be back up. Uh, matter of fact, I'll make sure it'll be back up by tomorrow. Okay, one uh, also... Yeah, absolutely. Rolo Tomasi, one of our... Uh, very, very, very dedicated forum posters, radio listeners. He wanted to know uh, what you thought about Jay-Z, State, and now the Brooklyn Nets and their new logo. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the New Jersey Nets are going to be the Brooklyn Nets next year, and they unveiled their new, Jay-Z unveiled their new logo for next season. Have you seen it? Yeah. Do you have an opinion on it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, any, and let me tell you something about Jay-Z. All his life... Everything he touched turned to go, so you can only imagine with the new logo and, and, and him bringing the Nets to Brooklyn, he's in his hands and he got his hands in and he's touching it, it's going to turn to go. He's a magic man. You know, he's kind of like a Magic Johnson, a baby Magic Johnson, you know? Right. And, and you know, we just got to look and see what happens, but I do believe in Jay-Z. I mean, like... You know, look where he at today. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He's a entrepreneur. He's got a beautiful wife, a record company. I mean, he, yeah, he's living the dream. Yeah, you know, maybe he can help because the New Jersey Nets were 22 and 44 last year. So maybe with Jay-Z involved and the new logo, maybe uh, the Iceman's right. Maybe they'll be 44 and 22 instead. It sounds like you're about to enter a restaurant with your Asian friend. Is that is that where you're at? No, uh uh, not just walk past one, you know, sometimes they be blasting music. But you know what? I haven't walked the strip in a long time. <laughs> and I'm out here, you know, and I, I feel like I'm a tourist. <laughs> That's how long it's been. Where are you and your Asian friend about to uh, go eat? What kind of food or what restaurant? If uh, he, he wants to go to Caesars. He's going to play this. Uh, it, oh, they got a, uh, a special um, heads up. Tournament tomorrow, um, $160 buy-in. He's going to be in it. I get a piece of him. Okay. He plays crazy. You know what I mean? I love the way he plays the grass if I'm watching. And I think first place is like 1900 You get 15000 in chips, and they're going to start 100 to 200 So it's a great tournament, something new. And it, I, think, I don't know if it's sold out. But they had people online at 5 o'clock in the morning last, I mean, this morning. Wow. wow. That was incredible. And you said first place they already announced is going to be how much? It'll probably be higher now. I'm yeah. sure, you know, but but I think they got like uh, 84 people. Don't quote me on that because I might not be accurate, but they got like 84 people, I think. Nice. Yeah. Well, listen, unless uh, Donald has any more questions, I, I appreciate you coming on and clearing everything up, spending your time. Uh... Uh-oh. We're going to have a lot of questions. And, uh... Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, I suppose. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you said, Brandon? No, I'm saying that. Huh? 
I think we lost Brandon here. Just hang on a second. Let me uh, let me bring Brandon back. Oh boy, lost the whole thing. Lost the whole thing. Well, we are back on the air. Uh, this was my fault. There's actually one button I hit that screwed the whole thing up. Put Brandon back here. At least we were at the end of the call. Brandon, oh, you're back. Is, this, remar this is remarkably like uh, deja vu here. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what? This is actually completely my fault. There's a, a stupid button on uh, on Dell computers, at least the Dell computer I have, that you press it and it disables your Wi-Fi. I don't know why they would have that button. At least make it where you have to like hit control on that button to make it happen. But this is just like you press the button accidentally and the whole thing drops. So the, I accidentally struck that button. At least we're at the end of the conversation with the Iceman. So, should, I mean, what do you think? Should we call him back and at least wrap it up or just end it? Actually, you know what? Yeah, just, just text him until we, we, lost, uh, we lost connection. I just yeah, want to make sure everybody comes back here. I yeah, apologize uh, what happened here. Uh, let me make sure everybody can uh, can hear this. It's I think it's it's broadcasting, but uh, let me know if you can hear me. Um, just mention in the chat room if you can hear this, and uh, then we will move along. I, I really feel bad about this one because everything was going. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everything's it was going so well. I, I hit the damn wrong button, but uh, um, hopefully everybody's still here. Let me. Tell them in the chat room. Just uh, hey, yeah, I listen. Sorry, we're still having technical difficulties because Donald's still setting up the radio. It's through the 4.5 server and, and it hasn't been converted over to the 7.6. <laughs> so we're still doing all that. So we got disconnected, but uh, everything that you said was on the air. It was perfect. We're moving the new iMac back to the 64 AP. So by the next time we have you on the radio, it'll be much better and, and the quality will be great. So we apologize that we got cut off, but. The interview was great. Go have fun with your Asian friend, buddy, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, and, and hopefully let me know when you're at the Palms. Okay, my friend? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're saying donk down? Oh, gee, I've got to get that out of my head. Oh, no, my goodness. Oh, no, no. You're saying a uh, poker fraud alert slash all our sister sites, filthy limpered, the whole gang, the whole crew, all the Iceman supporters have a big get-together at your house this summer? All right. So, listen, sounds perfect. i got to get back because the, the 64 Commodore is crashing again. But thank you for coming on. Enjoy uh, the Asian friend and, and the food and, and talk to me soon and I'm glad we cleared up all these rumors because I don't want people making false stuff or prank calling saying they're a woman talking to you and that you stole money or uh, just it's nonsense it ain't right it's uh, whimsical it's uh, arbitrious and it's also capricious wouldn't you agree? Uh, that's totally 
No, he's going down, he says. All right, buddy, listen, have fun, have dinner. It's really loud. i got to get back and uh, try to figure out why we crashed. But I'll talk to you soon, okay, my friend? Uh, we love you, too. Take care, buddy. You know, it's so funny. I called him from my number, and he's still talking like he's addressing his fans. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, I actually was, if this had gone on much longer, I actually would have called your number through the radio station, and you could have, like, three-wayed us on or something. I don't know. So. I don't think it would be that. You know, I just felt bad. Cause you, listen, in all honesty, I, you know, I will give him that. That uh, people are entertained by him, whether they believe a lot of his shtick is, you know, he's full of shit or, you know, exaggerates. And that's part of his shtick. And, and he also knows that he plays off that element of it. But I, I will say this, and I'm being totally sincere. I give the man props. Because when all this happened and all this went down, um, he told me, you know, because he called me after everything went down. And, and said, you know, I've been getting some other calls about being on radio and, you know, I don't feel comfortable um, you were my friend before radio, you know, you know, and I don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm going to stand by your side, and I'm going to wait for you to have another project. And as much as you need me or want me on, I will come on. And he's 100% held true to, the, to, to that word. And, you know, whatever people want to think of him, um, you know, just in general, based on what he says, his persona, I have to give him credit. He's 100% kept his word, and he's been very loyal in that regard. And I do know... Any future endeavors that I have or, you know, Todd and I have together, he's going to be a part of, and uh, he'll always contribute when we need him to, when we want him to. And for that and that alone, I, you know, I have to I, – I mean, I do find that commendable. That, yeah. uh, you know, because he does love that – I mean, obviously, he does love that uh, media or that circus, you know, and the, that having that outlet of people that love him and the fans. And, you know, he hasn't been a part of that now for months. I mean, the man literally loves coming on radio. And he stopped doing all that because he felt a certain sense of loyalty to me. I never once said, don't do it. Our friendship will be be affected. Uh, I mean, I never said anything like that whatsoever to him. And he just chose to do what he thought was the loyal thing and, and just wait until um, I was back on the air and, and back with another project. And he has. So, again, for what it's worth, I do find that very commendable. And, and it did impress me that uh, – he said that and was very steadfast in holding to it, Todd. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, uh, we've had an Iceman hiatus from radio for a long time because of that reason. And uh, and, and I'm still somewhat confused. And, and maybe somebody can figure it out. But apparently he knew, he called Leon and said that he knew. And, and I got confirmation. I did not listen to any other radio shows tonight. But I got confirmation that, in fact, you know, he was prank called. And what he, Teddy said did occur, but I'm just still confused. How did Teddy know, and what, and how did Leon, Leon know? And I don't know if anyone can figure it out. They could post in the radio thread or text me. <laughs> I, so, I mean, you, you get you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, right? yeah. Am I explaining it right? Okay. Yeah. It's just all that seems very confusing. I don't know how that even developed, but uh, yeah. So I, I have an update here, not related yeah. to the Iceman, but. $200 has been donated to Poker Fraud Alert for use for radio free rolls. Now, we're not going to do it tonight because it's, uh, you know, the show's been going on a while. I don't want to start a free roll at this point at 11 o'clock Pacific. But starting next time we have radio, whether it's a scheduled show 
or a spontaneous show, we will have a free roll on the Poker Fraud Alert No Fraud Online Poker Room. And I'll set up a prize pool for each one. I won't shoot off the whole $200 in the first week, but uh, I mean, maybe we'll split it up over four weeks, 50 bucks each. And uh, I thank the person who donated it. I don't know if they... I, I just received the money from them with a, a note, but I didn't get any message from this person if they want themselves identified. They probably do, but I'm not going to just in case they want it to be anonymous. I'll let them tell me themselves whether they want me to say who they are. But uh, anyway, I appreciate that very much. And, you know, anybody who ever wants to donate any money for free rolls, I will always 100% put every dime that's donated in that fashion to free rolls. And, uh, you know, I'll make your name known if you want it known. If you don't want it known, I'll keep it quiet. But uh, nice way to give back to the community. And uh, appreciate this very much. So we will start this next time, and I will post details beforehand. You know how this will work. If you don't have an account yet on the Poker Fraud Alert, Poker Fraud Alert No Fraud Online Poker Room, it's very easy. You just uh, go to the tab on top that says No Fraud Online Poker. Click on it and uh, load up the site and sign up with a screen name. You you can. The only thing I got to warn you about is that I can see your password. It, this isn't something I want, but I can see it because of the way the software works, and so can the guy who actually runs that poker room, which is a user named Bellybuster, who's donating his own server and and time to run this thing. So I appreciate that. But uh, obviously, pick a password there that you don't use anywhere else, and uh, it'll ask for your email address. But I'm not going to verify the email, so just put whatever BS you want. You could just put like fuck at you dot com for all I care. And uh, just let me know that you're on there. Send me a PM, and I'll send you some free chips. And uh, you can use those chips to buy into our events. And from money like this that was donated, whoever wins these free roll tournaments will get real money, which I'll send you either by PayPal or by check or whatever, you know, or maybe nice. even uh, online And, and Jason is actually saying in the chat, and uh, I'll, I'll want to say something about Jason in a second anyhow, that uh, Druff, he, he, he typed, PM me your PayPal, I'll ship a 20 ball for a tournament tonight. And as Druff mentioned, uh, you know, obviously if you want to do that for a future tournament, um, we decided to do just spontaneous radio tonight. And, you know, I, I don't suspect, I've been up early, this is going to go on much longer. And I can assure you guys I'm not uh, going to do any long show tonight. Uh, I just don't have the energy. And also, more importantly, tomorrow... Um, at 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, both Druff and myself, and uh, actually China Maniac, will be appearing on Filthy Limper Radio um, to discuss some other things. And, and that's also part of why we're going to keep this a little short, because I don't. there are a lot of things that we're going to discuss tomorrow on Filthy Limper that, I didn't, that we've already planned. And I don't want to get into that and, you know, things be repeated twice since... You know, mostly the community that listens to these podcasts are roughly the same, just so there's some fresh material and, and some new stuff to talk about. But uh, tomorrow, um, we are going to be making a big announcement, uh, myself mainly, along with uh, JSAP and also China Maniac. Druff will be on talking about uh, lock poker and some other issues that have just been going on. So if uh, you did not know about it or, you know, can make it, please listen. If not, obviously check out the archives. It's going to be a great show. It's the season finale. 
And uh, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Filthy Limper Radio. Uh, and don't miss it. Yeah, I want to announce something else. Uh, this will probably be sometime this weekend. I haven't come up with an exact date yet, but there's going to be a heads-up match for Limit Hold'em against Yebsite, me versus Yebsite. It'll be a freeze-out. It'll be on the Poker Fraud Alert No Fraud Online Poker Room. I will post the date and time there. Um, but what I'm going to be doing is actually recording the entire session you won't see Yebsite's cards, but you'll see my cards. And I will be speaking as I play each hand and telling you what I'm thinking for each move I make. Now, I won't do it for every little street. You know, if it's obvious why I'm betting, I'm not going to say why I'm betting. But for anything that's even slightly, you know, that could make people wonder why am I doing this, why am I doing that, I'm going to try to say for all of those moves what I'm doing, what my thought process is, and uh, so you'll get to watch that, and I'm recording it for two reasons. One, to just have people watch and, and see my thought process when playing Heads Up Limit Hold'em, and the other thing is just so people know that the match is totally legitimate and I don't have any kind of uh, now, advantage. Now, for, now, Drew, for those who don't know, this is just kind of a backstory to this, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't there an infamous, although, although rather short, Limit Hold'em Heads Up battle between you and Yepside on full tilt many years ago? Yeah, yeah. You know, Yepside apparently uh, engaged in a lot of uh, rolling of full tilt and then would dump the money to other people. Well, and I think I, apparently I, might be too light a word as well, though, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, when you come up lately and you write threads about it, it really isn't, apparently yeah. isn't the right so adjective to Yepside use. did that, and, you know, given what happened with full tilt, you can't even... Uh, feel bad for what happened to Full Tilt because, you know, if it turned out, had I known this was going to happen, I would have rolled them too. But anyway, um, the website did this, and he actually played me heads up, and it was weird because he was actually playing, like, fairly decently against me, and then just suddenly went into maniac mode and just, like, shot off all his chips to me. So he was actually beating me for a while. He was running a lot better, but he was also, like, not playing badly. And then just all of a sudden, he turned into a maniac and just shot off all his chips. And, and I beat him for, uh, I forgot how much it was, but uh, I beat him for some decent money there. Well, I came to find out afterwards that these were, like, rolled e-check funds. And I knew nothing about this. I, I would never have participated in this, especially because it probably would have resulted in my full tilt account being closed. And, and fortunately, nothing happened. Fortunately, they didn't uh, blame me for being part of this. I didn't even hear from them about it. But uh, I, I was kind of annoyed that Yebsite was playing with funds that weren't legitimate against me, and I, I could have been blamed for it. I mean, yes, I ended up making money from it, and uh, and yes, he was probably purposely dumping to me at the end. And yeah, I guess I appreciate that in a way. But uh, I, I swear I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know where the money came from or whatever, but uh, I... Well, hold on. I, I watched one of the matches. I, was there only one match that took place, or was there more than one? I don't remember if it was one or two, but it was definitely... I, I swear I knew nothing about these well, funds. as I recall it, because I, I, mean, I knew I, saw, I watched one match. He got out to a lead. Um, I think were you playing... Was it 30-60 you were playing? Was it 30-60 or 15-30? I don't remember the stakes, but I remember I did watch it, and he got out to a rather big lead, considering the stakes... And then you you came roaring back, and then I believe now again it, it could very well be as you claim that he was uh, just chip dumping to you. I, I don't know, but he played very good in the beginning, and 
But afterwards, he started losing. Then he just started. What I thought, and I watched this, was just tilting. That's what I thought play, too. And that's and why playing I too many think. hands and and just making kind of you know just playing like a spaz mode, uh, you know, of living home because he took some bad beats and you were running hot and you started out playing them and you know his rather large lead dissipated and then he was stuck all of a sudden and of course there were other many people watching so you know of course I don't know and I'm not I'm not defending him or or, or defending you that that you did know or you didn't, I mean I, I don't know but my impression from when I watched it and if there was only one match as I suspect there was I did indeed watch it was that that he was beating you pretty bad in the beginning and then you eventually caught up and then just started crushing him and that is what happened I, I saw no indication uh, because in the beginning, it seemed he was playing very hard to take all your chips. Yeah, he was yeah. playing well. Yeah, he was. And so so um, it's possible that originally the bad play may have been tilt, but it got to a point near the end where I just couldn't imagine what he was thinking when he was playing. Like, it was beyond tilt towards the end. Like It kind of went from tilt to super tilt. And and I was wondering like what's wrong with the upside. I just think I thought at the time that the upside just such a strange guy that this is just almost like him giving up and waving the white flag and just chunking it off to me. It's like you know a lot of gamblers do strange things when the, especially when they're on a losing streak there. So that, that's what I thought was happening. And I've played heads up opponents before that actually do that. That just flip out and then just start like raising every street because they're so pissed. Um, I have a feeling that at the end. He probably was just finishing it off, saying, "Hey, this isn't my money anyway. Who gives a crap?" After you know, he probably did try to beat me. Then I came back. Then he felt like that maybe he was on tilt a little bit. And then he was like, "Okay, just screw it. I'll just dump it all at this point." It was probably something like that. But I can tell you, I didn't know this, and uh, you know, I, I don't even. I'm not even holding it against him for doing this. Uh, rolling full tilt because uh, it turned out he was stealing from the thieves. And, I, and I'll tell you, um, Yebsite was preaching for years that these big sites are not as honest as it appears and that they're rolling everyone. And with Full Till, he was definitely right. So, uh, um, you know, whether he just took a lucky guess or uh, if he saw something that none of us did, um, I can't blame anyone for stealing from Full Tilt, especially stealing from them while warning everybody that they're actually cheating everyone, which, which they were. So, um, anyway, uh, as far as Yebsite goes, we are going to play again. And we're going to play on the Poker Fraud Alert room this time. So you, there definitely won't be any chip dumping going on there or intentional losing going on. And uh, and I hope Yepsite actually plays the hardest that he can. And, uh, you know, he, he sent me $100 for the trouble of setting this whole thing up. And, uh, you know, if, I agreed if he beats me that I'll refund the $100 and I'll, and I'll just give him a gift of 100 as a, a sign of respect for being able to beat me in the heads-up match. So that's, that's kind of what we're playing for there. It, you know, it's not technically a real money match, but uh, it's kind of a thing where he's paying me to set it up, and, and, and I'll give him a little prize if he beats me. So uh, Sounds interesting. Anyway, that'll be I'll be announcing when that is. I, I don't have an exact time nailed down yet. I, I have to make sure that I get the software working to record all this, because I want everybody to uh, be able to see this. Sounds good. Um, I think Templar, uh, the Templar, if I'm pronouncing right, wanted to call in uh, I don't know uh, if it's unless there's something else, Jeff. You want to do? Do you want to open the phone lines for a bit and see if anyone wants to call in? People are requesting Jeannie to call in. 
Uh, do you want to take a few calls? Yeah, sure. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-FRAUD-55. The, uh, the phone number is also, uh, if you want to translate this into digits, 775-372-8355. So that's the number to reach me. You can also reach me on a 702 number, which is 702-430-1808. That's been a long-time number I've had that you can also call me. They both go to the same place. And again, for anyone that's either just tuned in uh, or, or is even listening uh, in the archives, this was a show that we just kind of threw together um, with limited preparation, although I think it's gone very well. But uh, in the future, once a definitive date is established and since some other things are, are just decided, we'll have a much more prepared show. We'll obviously be including some comedy in it and some bits and you know, just other things we're going to incorporate, and I know you. And I appreciate, you know, just from reading the side a lot. You guys have been really, really patient. I know you guys miss good radio, miss being entertained, and I've missed it too. You know, I miss the interaction with people, making people laugh, just all that goes along with it. And uh, I know Druff does the same. And again, I appreciate everyone just for being patient. And I promise you, there are going to be big things to come in terms of radio and just uh, trying to give everybody what what they want in terms of. A show, you know, the quality of the show, uh, having everyone kind of interact and be involved, and just I'm glad you've been patient. And uh, there are going to be big things to come ahead. And this isn't going to be a situation where there's going to be empty promises that go months and months without being fulfilled, and people are going to keep asking questions. Um, we're getting very close, and uh, you know, just uh, stick with us, and, and I promise you, it will pay dividends. Yeah. So, uh, caller, you're on the air. Drush, it's a Templar. What's going on, man? Hello, you Templar. Doing? You know, you are one of the rookies of the year, I have to say. Absolutely. And yeah, you and I, I'm, I'm up for rookie of the year. I mean, this is a great honor. Yeah, I, mean, I have to say right now it's a close I'm race. I'm up for rookie of the year. It's a, cro a close race right now, I think, between you and Steve-O, uh, as far as the best new poster on, on the Poker Fraud Alert forum. And, uh, you know, we're a new site, but a lot of the people came over from, from a different community. But as far as people who weren't really participate in the other community that are new over here, uh, I think it's between you and Steve-O as to the, uh, the, the best. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Steve-O is good. Steve-O is good. I mean, I, I'm not so intellectual, but uh, so I don't really understand a lot of his posts. But, you know, I skimmed through them, and the guy's good. i got to give it to him. The guy is good. But, you know, it's just an honor to be to be even thought that that I could be receiving that award one day. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you well, know, people enjoy your posts okay. and your photoshops, and uh, you've been a good addition to the community. So I'm glad to have you on the site. You, you know what? I, I, I appreciate that. But i I got I to gotta hook up with, uh, what is it, DWL sometime? I spoke to her a little bit last night. I mean, she's the queen. She's unbelievable. Now, you're you know talking about I mean? vowels. Are you talking about here? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't I, I've never heard anyone say the name before. Anyway, but you know, she's a pillar. She's a pillar of the Photoshop community. Basically, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, she, I'm doing all my stuff to, on, on paint. You I, might I get to. Uh, programs. I'm doing it all on. Oh paint. wow, on paint. That's even more impressive. Uh, you might get to hear her. You didn't speak to her on the phone. You're just talking to her like on the uh, on the site, right? No, sir. Yeah, just talk to her. On yeah, the you may get to hear her on this show because uh, she has volunteered to be the third host. Now, uh, her schedule is a little bit funny, so we're not sure if she's going to be able to make every week or how often she'll be on, but uh, she has an open invitation to be the third host on this show, and hopefully you'll get to hear her. 
Oh, that is fantastic. I got now. Can you play the breaking news for me right now? The, the sound effect? Yeah, I need the sound effect. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, oh, you, you want to give breaking news? Okay. Hang on here. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. This is template here with breaking news from the Plenty of Fish community. I'm talking about the POF free dating website. Anyone can join. Anyone can hook up. It is what it is. Uh, Jay Seth knows what I'm talking about. Maybe Drexel, I'm not sure. But here we go. So, I, you know, I posted a story the other day about a terrible situation I was in. Oh, yeah. Drexel, I, I know you commented. I don't think Drexel saw it. I'm not sure. But I got a text today from that girl saying that she was having problems <laughs> problems with her plumbing. Okay, before we get this into the rest true. of this, let me tell the listeners who yeah. didn't see your post. Uh, he, the Templar posted a story. He met a girl from uh, plentyoffish.com, which is a free dating site. And uh, the date went very well. And the big problem occurred when he stopped for, I guess as a result of stopping for the Doritos Locos Tacos at Taco Bell. And while he really enjoyed that the tacos, right. uh, unfortunately they caused a reaction in his stomach where uh, he basically had to take a dump really, really badly while he was in her apartment and could not hold it in any longer. So he went to go do it, and apparently it was so bad that it clogged her toilet. So then he had the unfortunate situation where there was no plunger in there, so he had to either go ask her to use her plunger and have that embarrassing situation on the first night he knew her, or, uh, or, or try to find some way out of this. So what he ended up doing, and, and I guess this girl lives with her sister, uh, what he ended up doing was uh, he just didn't say anything and closed the door and, and, and sprayed some spray he found in there to try to mask the smell. So the, the toilet was still full. Yeah, a little CK1. Yeah, 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 he sprayed CK1. So, so her toilet was still full of shit, literally. And uh, they left. They went to go do something together uh, without her knowing this was in her toilet. And presumably her sister probably found this later and was none too happy about it. So he posted this story, which it was a great story. You can go read it in full detail on the site in the Flying Stupidity Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com. But he's giving us an update now because after that he had not heard from her, but it had not been a very long time, so he wasn't sure if uh, she just wasn't talking to him because of this, or she just hadn't gotten around to talking to him yet. So, your update is what? Well, she texted me today. Now, now I, I basically, like, you know, I didn't want to go back to the scene of the crime, as I said. So, I told her, listen, I'm going to be away for, you know, playing poker for a week. Maybe we'll try to get together next weekend on Sunday or Monday, something like that. She said, okay, no problem. I understand. I know you're busy, which I'm not, you know. Well, I'm really not. But, uh, she texted me today, and she basically said, well, yeah, unless I'm having problem, or plumbing problems, you know, all throughout the house, so, you know, my bathroom won't flush, uh, my sister's bathroom in her room won't flush. I said, oh, man, that's terrible. Do you know what happened or anything like that? And she said, oh, well, we had a party, you know, over the weekend, and maybe somebody <laughs> flushed something down there that, that maybe, you know, they're not supposed to. We tell people not to flush toilet paper down the toilet. Now, I mean... I flushed probably a half a roll down there, you know, at least a half a roll. I mean, she, it was unbelievable. So she had to, she had to call, like, Roto-Rooter or something today or something like that. But I'm off the hook, 
You know, like she wasn't just calling just just, you know, you know, fishing. She wasn't fishing whatsoever. She just called up and said, you know, yeah, yeah, everything's all right. It's just I got some plumbing problems, so I'm off the hook. I'm good. I'm good. I think this one this one could be a keeper. But, you know, I I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You wow. know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, but, okay. So it looks like you, know, you, you dodged a bullet on that one. So mm-hmm. You'd actually got blamed on some party, and, and you know, wow, you just completely. It was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely that's, that's running beautiful. well. I it mean, it, awesome. that, that's kind of like. You know, shot. Go ahead. It, it's kind of like getting all your chips in, and then the other guy turns. You know, you get snap called, and the guy turns over aces. You're like, ah, oh, damn, why do I have to shove now? And then you beat him. You put down a bad beat on the aces, and you're like, wow, I. I thought this was a terrible idea when I saw what ended up happening, but uh, when it's all over, right. I actually uh, came right. out ahead. So you came out ahead here. Somewhere. Exactly. It's like it's like shoveling with kings. The guy snap calls you. You don't think you have any outs, right? You know, any outs, and you're like, oh my god. Then you think about it after all. I could have just folded, and then boom, you know, you're off there. You hit a straight. You hit a king. Whatever it is, whatever it is. But yeah, you know, I'm feeling good about myself right now. You know, I'm feeling good about myself. I like making some people laugh on the forums. You know, I, I like that you guys fired up, a, you know, an emergency radio show. I mean, it, 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 life is good right now. Life is good. If I get my full tilt money back, life will be better. But who knows about that? So, you know, I'm scheduled to get out to Vegas in about three weeks. Got a couple things just to uh, take care of here. And then uh, hopefully, uh, Drexel, you there? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, there are actually two things, if you don't mind, I wanted to bring up and, and ask you. Um, actually, yeah, the first one ahead. just reminded me, pertained, you mentioned you're coming out here. I know we haven't mm-hmm. talked about it much because just a lot's gone on, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. uh, we all, whether it's by a thread or we just make an announcement that, you know, every year we've had some sort of meetup at least once. Usually there has been two of just the whole community. Um, I know it's hard because various people come in at various times, but there's usually a gap at some point where there's just a majority of members from the communities that are in Vegas. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say this now because it really hasn't been brought up, but the World Series approaching. Uh, I hope, or not, I hope, I, you know, we will somehow figure out a way and a time and organize when I guess the, the most amount of people are in town, some sort of dinner, meetup, mixed game, you know, grab drinks at a bar, just kind of situation. And I just want to yeah. tell you, yeah. since you mentioned you're coming, and, and obviously to uh, others that uh, are listening, either live or in the archives, that uh, I still plan on keeping up, keeping that tradition. Is I'm sure, Druff, you know, you want to be a part of as well. And uh, hopefully in, like, the next uh, two weeks, you know, week and a half, We'll start trying to figure out dates and communicate amongst ourselves. Communicate amongst ourselves to figure out when the best dates would be to do something like that. Yeah. Um, and secondly, Tim, what I want, what I want, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's all you. It's all you. What I want to ask is, you know, one of the one of the goals that uh, I have, and uh, you know, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow in Filthy Limpers. I want to get a lot of the people that don't participate in forums that just listen to radio or even, you know, every so often lurk involved more in posting and, and just, you know, not just listening to radio and get them to interact more. And you posted something very, very interesting that I didn't even know yesterday. And, again, the reason why I, I want you to, uh, you know, give either cliff notes or expand on it is because I know there will be people listening to this show in the archives that have not read the forums. And yesterday, Josh Hamilton um, of the Texas Rangers had one of the best 
days, best hitting days in the history of Major League Baseball. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, yeah and, unbelievable. And, and for those that, aren't, that didn't follow it, I mean, obviously any sports fan knows about it. He went five for five yesterday with four home runs and one double, uh, eight RBIs. Um, in fact, I believe he had hit, did he hit five home runs in a row? Because I knew he had a home run the day before as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. sure. I know he hit a yeah. I know he hit a I know he hit a home run the day before, but I don't know if that was in his last at bat or yeah. not. So he was the 16th person in I think it's like 100 and either 120 plus years of Major League Baseball. He became the 16th person yesterday to hit four home runs in a game. And you have uh, a, some personal interaction or history with him that it, it just was amazing. I had no idea until I read the thread yesterday. I know especially sports fans, and, and probably just in general anyone, would be interested in this. Uh, and so let's – would you mind talking a little bit about that? No, yeah, that, that's no problem. I, and especially baseball. I'll talk about baseball for hours, for hours. But uh, Josh Hanna, well, first of all, I, I played four years professional baseball. I played in uh, – uh, well, I played for a major league team, then I played two years of independent baseball, which is basically, basically the equivalent to like double-A, triple-A on some levels. I played that actually in Canada, and then I came back and played. Uh, well, tried to play one more year, and then I got in a car accident, uh, broke both my kneecaps, one leg. It was terrible. It was terrible. But at that time, I was basically done. I was drinking, gambling. I was I was crazy. But uh, a lot of a lot of young kids, especially the better ones, they go around and basically all year long they play travel baseball. And I was lucky enough to hop on this team called the East Cobb Yankees. Um, they combined one season with a team called the Midland Redskins that were pretty good also. And uh, I showed up to my first game, and uh, I was the only one from New York on this team at the time. And we traveled to California. We traveled all over these places. And Josh Hamilton happened to be on the team. Now, I, I, I'm a year younger than him, so I think he may have been 16 and I was 15. Well, I showed up the first day of practice, and I, you know, I think I'm the man. Uh, you know, I'm walking in there. I'm like 15. I can throw the ball like 87, 88. You know, I'm, uh, I, I throw left-handed. I think I'm the man. I'm walking in there, and then I see this kid pitching off the mound. And and people don't know this, but he was a pitcher back then too. He was a pitcher. He's throwing like 98, 97 miles an hour off the mound, and I'm like, oh my god, who is this kid? And he comes off the mound now. Everyone knows about about his, you know, his problems with the drugs and alcohol that he had that, you know, basically took away his life for years, you know, for years. Blew all his money and everything, but, like, it, it goes, it, that, that all started way before, way before, like, you didn't know him when he was younger. He was the most, and I posted this, the most socially awkward person I have ever met in my life. I mean, totally ever met in my life. He couldn't have a conversation. He, he you know, like it, when you went to the dugout after the, you know, during innings and stuff, he'd sit by himself. He didn't want to talk to anybody. If somebody wanted to ask him a question, he had to go to his mother and his mother had to say, you know, yeah, it's okay to answer the question. Or the mother would butt in and answer it for him. Basically, th this is how, this is how he acted, you know, since, since he was like 15, 16, probably earlier than that that his mother knew that she had an absolute gold mine on her hands. He was at the age of 16, he was like 6'1", maybe 6'2", 
and he was like 185 pounds. And he was, he's by far, and I mean by far, and I play with a lot of good players, he's by far the best athlete I've ever seen in my life. Like, he could definitely go and play, you know, if he wanted to, he could play professional basketball. He, you know, he could play, he could be a wide out in the NFL. It doesn't matter. But when I saw this kid, I just said to myself, I said, wow, this kid is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, we played a 30-game schedule, and I think it was in the fall. Out of that 30 games, he ended up hitting something like 47 home runs in 30 games. Okay. Now, now this is 16 years old playing on, you know, major league-style fields, you know, 410 feet in center, and this guy's just hitting rockets, rockets. He pitched 10 times. I think he gave up 10 hits in 10 starts. Like, it was just – it was unbelievable. Well, we ended up going to a trial one day. Our coach – I don't know how he got him, got him away from his mother because his mother literally, after games, uh, no matter between games, it didn't matter. He could not go anywhere without her. I mean, absolutely, he could not go anywhere without her. She just shadowed him. She, she'd make sure he wouldn't do stuff. She'd make sure he wouldn't talk to the wrong people. He, he just could not be a kid. He just really couldn't be a kid. Well, I think we said we were going to practice, and it was really early in the morning. It was like 7.30 in the morning. She said, okay. Well, our coach wanted to bring him <clears throat> to a major league tryout. And I, I can't remember what team it was right now, to be honest with you. It may have been the Braves, but I know we were in Wilmington, North Carolina. I know that's where the tryout was. So we get to the tryout, and we didn't know it at the time, but it was a college tryout. You know, no high school kids, no younger kids. You had to be in college. So we said, you know, we could both pass for college for college kids. I was like six foot. He was like six foot two. I haven't grown since then, which sucks. But anyway, um, like I said, we could pass for him. So we said we were college kids. We made up some bullshit Division three college, and, and they went for it. Did, we got on the field, and let me tell you, Josh Hamilton was by far, and I'm saying by far, the best kid on the field. Like, it wasn't even fair. It wasn't even fair. He put on a display. I mean, he's tracking balls down like Willie Mays. Uh, he's hitting like Babe. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even fair. And that's when I realized, like, wow, this is this is probably, like, the greatest player I'll probably ever play with or ever see. And, and I played with some pretty good ones. But at 16 years old, I have never seen anybody better than Josh Hamilton. And And after the... After the trial, everyone came over. Oh my! You know, where are you? You're you're going to Methodist College? Where are you? Where are you going to college? And he didn't even know how to he didn't even know how to speak to him because you know social scenes just aren't his thing. He 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 couldn't put together a, a full sentence really. So the coach comes over. He goes, "No, oh, I got this." He goes, "Be honest with you." <laughs> he goes, "You know, these guys are in high school." Well, he goes, "No, you know, I figured this guy was young, pointing to me." But you know, what about him? He said, "Yeah, man, he's like a sophomore in high school." And he said, wow, are you serious? He said, yeah, he's a sophomore in high school. And, and ever since then, the, you know, ever since then, the, the college or the, you know, the, the pro coaches or the pro scouts and everyone, they would go to his games. It, it was just really crazy. But if you would have saw him with his mother, like you, you would have known something wasn't right there. 
You know, like she was so overbearing over. It, it, I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah. So you think the well, uh, the drug problems, everything he had, were like a rebellion against his mother who controlled him so much uh, when he was younger? Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it because I know a couple kids that were actually on my team that that played high school baseball with him, and they said that, and and some other people have said, it, but you know, like the first check he's ever written was his taxes for like $550,000. And he didn't know how to write a check. And this was, you know, right after he got signed. But as soon as he got his money, you know, he basically rebelled and said, listen, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. You know, you're an 18, you're an 18 year old kid. You got a couple million, you know, a lot like, you know, any other kid would do. I'm going to go buy a car. I'm going to go buy a house. You know, I'm going to go find friends because he didn't have any friends. He had Sounds no like friends the baseball equivalent of a Mark Newhouse. I was thinking that, yeah. I was thinking, wow, that uh, reminds me of Mark Newhouse. <laughs> but, you know, uh, see, see, this, this, see, this is what I got to get up on. Like, I don't even know any of these people. Like, I, I hear a lot of people talking on radio, like, uh, I don't know, Newhouse and this person, this person. Say, Who the hell are these people? You know, I may, I may have, you know, just heard the name or something over at some old radio shows of you guys and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, that the re- I don't want to say the number one reason, but his mother being the way she was when, when he was young, I mean, it, it was definite, you know, definitely a direct correlation between the way he rebelled after and, and how he was for so many years. Yeah. You know, you know what, that, what's, that, what's that, an interesting that, fact here is uh, he was uh, traded from the Reds, and actually have a, he had a pretty good season with them other than getting hurt, but he, he had like 19 home runs and a, a decent batting average and only like 288 at-bats in his rookie year in 2007, and they traded him for yeah. Edison Volquez and Danny Herrera. Now, how'd that work out for them? <laughs> Edison yeah, Volquez is yeah, one of the worst pitchers out, out there. Out, out, but, 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 how old is yeah, he? I'm too lazy to look it up. How how old is he? I think he's 31. Okay. Yeah, he was born. He was born in 81. He was born in 81. So I mean, he's still young enough, even though he, you know he obviously does have many wasted years, that he could still be a Hall of Famer. He could still even feasibly, probably not likely, but feasibly, you know, possibly hit 500 homers, and who knows, even be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's still at that age where they say in baseball, what you don't peak until you're what, maybe 33, 34. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, and and you know it's a good thing you brought that up because a lot of the players now they peak when they're like eighteen, nineteen, then they don't get any better. But a lot of these people you see in the major leagues that were that were say drafted in like the thirty third round, you know, they'll pop it up. Oh, he's hitting three oh seven. What a steal! The the Tigers drafted him in the thirty fourth round. Well, you know what? Because he just started getting better at like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six years old, and then he's peaking at thirty two. So when you you know Josh Hamilton, he you know he he can literally play till you know he's a great athlete. He's he's huge. You know he could play the outfield till he's thirty six, and then go and play first base till he's forty one. You know because he's never going to stop hitting. Yeah, you, you know, know if he mean, has a few great seasons uh, on top of what he's already done, it's more than a few. But if he has a number of great seasons, like rolls off six really good seasons in a row, uh, and then some decent seasons after that before he retires, I mean, yeah, yeah, he can make the Hall of Fame. And uh, now most players peak around twenty-seven or twenty-eight because that's when mm-hmm. it's kind of the combination of their physical abilities not really degrading yet and having enough experience. To uh, you know, to use that to improve. So, so it's where they've gained experience, but their body hasn't started to break down yet. The problem is after you hit thirty, um, you know, around there, it's different for every person. But 
usually around 30, you already start to lose a little bit physically, and sometimes even a little bit before that. So it's hard to peak after 30 in many cases unless you've gained enough experience uh, to where that is does more for you than whatever you've lost physically. But there's very few players mm -hmm. who actually are better off physically after 30 than before 30. And, of course, uh, as everybody knows, once you're 40, the difference in your physical abilities then, especially at a very high level, and when you're 30, is, is immense. So, um, mm -hmm. it's... it's now, uh, now, I'll tell you... Uh, uh, no, oh, sorry. Sorry, John. Sorry. There's, there's a little ahead. bit of a lag, so I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off every once in a while. But, but what, what I just wanted to say is, you know, somebody like Josh Hamilton... And there's so many good players out there that you never heard of and never play never play a day of professional baseball. And it all comes down to one thing: you have to have somebody believe in you. Okay, you, all you all you need is one scout to believe in you, and and you know you're guaranteed for two, three years, you know years in professional baseball, maybe four years, and then then a coaching job after that. But this is what they saw in Josh Hamilton. You know, of course he was a great prospect. Uh, you know, of course he was big. He, he had all the athleticism near the arm. He had the power and everything like that. But it takes one guy, you know, like he, he was rode off for three or four years. You know, nobody even wanted a part of him. But one guy just believed in him. If one guy didn't believe in him, you know, he, he probably would have been sitting up, you know, probably doing the same thing he was, you know, doing before. But it just takes that one guy to believe in you to bring you back to the league and start mentoring you and all that stuff, you know, and, and make you believe that you can actually get back there and you can start a career and everything like that. That, you know, it, it, it's really, it really is a good story because if you think about it, you know, out of all the stars, you know, a lot, a lot of people brought up, you know, the Tom Maranovich guy and whatever his name is, Todd or Tom, I don't remember. But a lot of people bring up people like that, and these guys were at the bottom of the barrel. You know, Hamilton, too. I mean, these guys were so – I mean, these guys were in dark places for a long, long time. Yeah, you know, I was surprised. Josh, one, guy, you know, one guy believes in Josh Hamilton, and then all of a sudden, you know, he just breaks out. It, it really is a good story because it's like, Jesus, if he can do it, you know, like, like why can't we just conquer, like, simple tasks? Yeah, you know, like yeah I, was, I was surprised when he actually ended up having a legitimate career. I really thought he was such a mess for so long that uh, this was going to be a story of someone who had all the potential in the world but never realized, and I thought he may never even play a major league game. Someone in the chat said that 2007 was not his rookie year. It actually was. He actually didn't have any major league stats until 2007 with Cincinnati. That was... Uh, his very first year playing any Major League Baseball. And uh, so yeah. we'll see what happens, but obviously uh, having a monster year so far, he's uh, he's even doing better than Matt Kemp over in the National League. So, uh, the only thing I do wonder about know. him is that over the a full course of a season, if his body uh, is, isn't going to break down at some point. I mean, obviously you saw he had the injuries late last year, and, uh, you know, that's it's, it's always something, especially for a power hitter or someone who's always swinging that hard, you just wonder if his, if his body's really going to hold up, uh, you know, for a full 162-game season. And, uh, you know, if he could, if he maintains close to the pace that he's at now, he's 100% going to be the MVP this year. Um, I mean, he's just on a torpid pace so far. But, uh, you know, it's very interesting insight that, you know, you, that you, the experience that you had with him and, uh you know, I, I also, just out of curiosity, when, 
I mean, since you were children, and obviously you both went on different things, you've never had any contact or interaction with him since, right? No, no, and I'll tell you this. I tried to contact him a couple times when we were, uh, after that season, uh, of course I got his home number and stuff, because he would actually talk to me for uh, out of all the, the pieces on the team, and, and believe me, I was nuts. You know, I'm, I'm firing in NBA bets, you know, during 16-year-old uh, Mickey Mantle baseball games. Okay, I was nuts. Uh, I was nuts. But he would actually talk to me a little bit. You know, hey, how you doing? You know, do you want to warm up? Yeah, hey, okay. You know, and I'm just happy I get to play pitch and catch him because I knew he was that good. But, I tr- you know, I tried to give him a call a couple times, and I reached his mother at home uh, in North Carolina, and, and that was that was basically, no, he's not here. No, he's not. You know, I called him a couple times, and that, that was it. That was it. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him since. Um, haven't talked to him. If, if he even remembers who I am, uh, you know, I'd be lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks for calling in and sharing that. I mean, that's, you know, it's very insightful, and it's, it's always weird uh, or actually, I shouldn't say weird. It's always interesting when a forum user has some kind of, uh, you know, just someone random that joins these forums has some kind of uh, connection with whether it's somebody in, you know, Hollywood or, you know, in your case, a, a baseball player. You know, it's just always very, very interesting to hear things like that because, you know, most people, you know, the majority of society isn't privy to, to to that information and like just hearing what you said that the one story about when he was uh, I believe you said in, in a sophomore in high school and showed up and was by far one of the well not even by far you said he just wasn't even close the best player there that day yeah. and uh, I mean just stuff like that you know you don't really hear stories about that no one would have ever known I never would have known and just really interesting for me especially being an avid uh, sports fan to hear about and uh, you know I'm glad you posted it mm-hmm. and you know as Druff said, I think you are uh, right now the front runner for Rookie of the Year. Uh, let me, I appreciate it. I, let, let me add, let me add one more thing, uh, Drex. Uh, was it last week or the week before you were talking about Lane Flack? Right? Uh, I how, it was last, how I really, it was last week. Yeah, you really weren't a fan of Lane Flack. Well, uh, let, let me tell you quickly uh, my Lane Flack story. We're, and, and and I posted this, and a couple people asked me, so it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the forums, and I just wanted to get it out there, to be honest with you. But I was in Atlantic City in, like, 2007 for, for a tournament. I wasn't playing, but I was playing some of the side games. And uh, Lane Flack was playing. We were playing, I think it was at the Borgata. I think we were playing, like, 25-50 um, Omaha high-low limit. And... So we're playing, and my buddy comes up, and, you know, my buddy, who's been a friend with me forever, been, we've been playing cards since we were, like, 14 or 15, and he's like, oh, how's it feel to be out? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's great. Now, this was, this was, and I, you know, I'm not not ashamed to say it because I said it, and it is what it is, but I did, I did a little under, like, two and a half years in prison for tax evasion, all you know, circling around gambling charges and stuff like that. But I pled guilty to tax evasion. So, and I just wanted to get that out of there. People ask me, a couple people PM me, and I just, you know, yeah, it is what it is. So I was at the Borgata and we're playing. I was able to be out. I said, oh, man, it was great, you know, just, just to be able to play poker again and stuff like that. So Lane, and Lane Flack is directly on my right. He's in the eight seat. He goes, yo, you're in jail. 
and he says like like laugh a lot. And I said, yeah. And you could tell, you know, he's he's been blowing lines for a couple hours. He's been drinking, you know, but he wasn't too loaded yet. And I said, yeah, man. And I like put my head down, you know, because I'm ashamed. You know, I'm, I'm ashamed. And he goes, well, I don't want to sit next to you. So I, I, I said, excuse me. <laughs> he goes, I don't want to sit next to you. And, and I'm like, wait, wait. Now I'm thinking in my head like. Is Lane Slack really telling me this? Well, yeah, the you guy who hung out with uh, Russ Hamilton. I should say, <laughs> yeah, you hang out with Russ Hamilton, bro. Like, what, what are you? Are you going to golf with him next weekend? Like, what are you talking about? So I said, man, you know, yeah, I, I don't want any beef or anything. I, I, I don't want any beef. And, and and he was like, no. So he calls the floor over, and this is no lie. He calls the floor over, and and the floor comes like, yeah, Lane, how you, you know what's going on? He goes, I don't want to sit next to this fucking guy. And I and I turned to him, I said, you really want to talk to somebody like that that just got out of prison? And, and, and he goes, he goes, yeah, 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 well, the floor guy's here. He'll settle this. And I said, settle what? There's not even a situation. I said, oh, oh, I was just talking to my buddy. He asked me if I was in jail. You know, I shook my head, yes, I'm embarrassed. I put my head down. And now all of a sudden he doesn't want to sit next to me. So Lane Flack throws this huge, like, just ridiculous uh, temper tantrum. You know, what, was one, what, what year uh, was this? Uh, this was... This was like 2007, hmm. because because I just got out. I just got out. I got out in uh, let me think. I got out in August August of 2007, and so this was probably September. And, and he's throwing a huge temper tantrum, and, and and the floor got cold over and everything. And and basically he got up my face, and, and I said, Lane, you know, I got a lot of built up anger. You know, I've been fighting, you know, twice a week for the past two years. You know, you probably just want to get out of my face. And and the floor took him away because they knew he was he was high and he was drunk and everything like that. But I, I swear, I, I played with him probably like three times in my life, and this guy has to be the biggest asshole I've ever met in my life. This guy, I mean, and especially, you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know if I look like a tough dude or whatnot. I don't know, but you know. I don't say anything. I may bust balls every once in a while, but I'm not going to start any drama. You know, the last thing I want to do is is knock somebody's head off their shoulders. That's the last thing I'd I, I feel like doing. But if I got to do it, I got to do it. But just Jesus, what an asshole this guy was! Man. Yeah, I agree. I, I I just I don't ever really come out and call people out and and, and use such harsh words. But he's 100 percent a piece of shit and a scumbag, and just in general, not a good person. Um, by every means, just in how he deals in business, how he treats others. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, people are going to say, oh, he has a disease, he's an alcoholic. But, I mean, he's had these ailments now his whole entire life, and he's just, he's stolen, he's cheated, he's lied, he's just a scumbag. And uh, I, I, I can't even think of anyone else in poker, even when you bring up, you know, Andy Duke and people like that. That I mean, I, I think less of him than even someone like Kerr, because I just know a lot of, you know, and I have my, you know, as I mentioned last week, I had my own uh, situation where I literally got into a fight and altercation with him in the high limit room at the Bellagio, and both of us were thrown out for the evening uh, because of his behavior. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. But I, I totally can relate to what you're saying, and uh, he's somebody that I, just, I, I have absolutely no respect for, and uh, I, I'm still kind of shocked that uh, he's, you know, even with all this behavior and how he's treated others, there's still people willing 
you know, to give him money uh, and stake him in that feel bad. Because I know a lot of that, a lot of what it is and how he still gets put into tournaments and gets supported. Yeah. People generally feel bad. And I can't understand how that right. sympathy train hasn't run out years and years ago. Because if it hadn't, he, he would either, you know, be homeless, working some menial job, or just totally be, be ostracized in a way from the poker world and community completely. And I don't get that. Um, you know, even funny enough, you know, Daniel Negreanu basically all out came out and said he's lent him millions of dollars, millions. He said, yeah, yeah. millions, millions yeah. of wow. dollars. That, and at this point, he doesn't even expect repayment because he knows he's not going to get repaid. It's not pressuring the guy for even the smallest amounts of money. And unknown caller to accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press two. I'm sorry, oh, this that, is, uh, to accept, press one. Hold on, to send a voice this is not the caller's fault. For some reason, it does this sometimes when people call. Let me accept uh, this. All right, uh. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, <laughs> I, I totally, 100% concur with you, and, uh, he's just, out of all the, the known pros in the world, I really can't think of anybody offhand who I think is a bigger piece of shit than, than he is. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I and I, I can't say, you know, many bad things about many big pros because I, I, I don't know them. You know what I mean? And I, and I hate being the type of person that I would say, oh, you know, this guy's a fucking hit. Sorry about this. This guy's an asshole. This guy's blah, blah, blah. You know, just because I don't know him. But I know this guy's a total douchebag. I mean, a total douchebag. This is the kind of guy, if I saw him in an alley, there's no doubt about it. I, and, and I couldn't get caught. You know, no one was around. I would definitely lay this guy out. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's uh, he's he's that big of an asshole. I just can't stand this guy. I really can't stand this guy. But guys, I got, I gotta go. Okay, listen, um, before, you, before you go, one last quick yeah. thing. Except I did tell yeah. Jason I would ask you this, and I, and I know this obviously isn't about what we're talking about, but Jason asked a while back uh, in the chat he wanted yeah. to know Templar. How do you feel about girls on Plenty of Fish who have pictures of obviously half-black children? Do you skip those? <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, there's. Uh, it, it was probably a half-serious question because he uh, because I know exactly what he's talking about, but, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the dirty girls on POF. I love the black girls. I love the Mexicans. Uh, I don't even go after white girls on POF. I, you know, nothing against white girls anymore, but, wow. you know, a, a, Spanish, a Spanish girl can put up with my shit. A black girl can put up, because I'm the worst boyfriend in history. I'm, t I'm telling you, I am the absolute worst boyfriend in history. So they can actually put up with it. White girls will just throw me to the curb, and, you know, I need a couple extra months. I, I need a call, you know, I need an extension every once in a while. Yeah, I don't know if I... And the black girls will give it to me. I don't know if I've told this before, yeah. but I have uh, either of you guys heard about my brief experience on plentyoffish.com? <laughs> trying to... I don't... I don't think that I know... You know, I, I, actually, I think I remember... Was this story relayed before on a show we did together? Ever possibly? I don't remember if I told it or not, but it's, it's okay, a pretty I mean, short story. Really sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't remember the, the, okay. the, any of the um, I got on there very briefly during a time when I was single. It was after I was with Miri, but before, obviously, when I'm with this girlfriend. So it was in that period in between. And <laughs> it's okay to say baby's mama. That's kind of politically correct these days. And so, so what I did was uh, I, I, I don't like dating sites, and this is funny coming from me because I'm from some I'm someone who's met so many different girls over various um, 
means where I talk to them first, like on the phone or the computer before I meet them in person, like a party line, like chat rooms, whatever. But for some reason, I could never get into the dating site thing. It just kind of seemed unnatural. It kind of seemed like kind of forced to me. I know a lot of people love it, but I just... It, it just wasn't really me. But since so many people were doing it, I decided to give it another chance. And I just kind of picked plenty of fish at random to to use, even though there were a number of choices out there of dating sites. So I, I made a profile on plenty of fish. And because I was, uh, I didn't want it to be reposted, like found and reposted up on the, on the forums and everything. So I made like a very generic profile with no picture, which... Uh, Probably hurt me because usually girls don't want to talk to some guy with like a blank picture. But anyway, um, I was just doing that for privacy reasons. But I did talk to one girl on there, and she seemed nice, and uh, you know she had a pretty good picture, and um, she gave me her phone number, and I talked to her. I don't know, like 45 minutes, and the conversation was going great, and I was feeling very optimistic mm-hmm. about the whole thing. And then she brought up Jesus Christ. Oh God! And I'm like, ah, shit. Jesus freak. That was the that was the end of it. She brought up Jesus Christ. I'm like, oh my God, why? Like, uh, like, I like how many Jesus freaks are even on Plenty of Fish? Well, I happened to run into the one. What context did she bring up Jesus Christ? I don't That's even remember. Important. It was like out of nowhere. It was like we were talking, and just suddenly Jesus just got dropped into it 45 minutes into the conversation, and I was like, ah, oh, boy. Like I, I just she couldn't hold back any longer. Yeah, I just I just had to drop uh, it. I mean, that was it. Uh, There's no chance to continue. So, oh, that's man. A, a girl could be gorgeous, but she drops the she drops Jesus the Jesus Christ, Christ thing. So that's a deal breaker. Instantly over. And and someone said in the chat she smelled a Jew. I don't know if she did or not. But not only did I give up on her immediately, but I actually went and deleted my Plenty of Fish account. Like that was the last time I ever used that site. That was like my one attempt. It was a complete failure with the Jesus freak, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. So uh, no, no, see, see that, that was your problem, Druff. You, you see, and it, me, you know, Jayseth and I were on there. If someone, it, you know, like, I, I don't even, I don't even believe in a God. I'll be honest with you. I don't believe in God. Uh, I left him a long time ago. And if somebody brings up Jesus Christ, you a Christian, if I think that she's going to like it, I go along with it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I couldn't even go along with it. Like, if you might wonder, like, why didn't I just kind of go along with it and see what I can get out of the situation, even if I don't want like a relationship with her? But the problem is, I think the Jesus freak girls are probably the least likely ones to put out, at least put out early on, or to where it wouldn't be like a whole lot of effort. So, like, this wasn't even someone I thought that like maybe. It could just go to like a physical thing and then kind of just drop it. Like, and, and I don't do that anyway. I don't like. I, I just don't feel comfortable misrepresenting myself to girls about like what I want with them, and then you know once they give it up, just move on. Like that's never been me. I've always wanted to be honest about everything. Oh, in my twenties, I made a career of it. Right? Yeah, I know, I know you did, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Druff, Druff, Drexel. This, this is another reason why I don't date white girls off Plenty of Fish. Because every because the first thing they do is when they get your name is they're googling you, they're checking out the New York State you know correctional facilities, they're checking out this, they're checking out that. Like I, I, I went out with one girl, everything was great, everything was great. We had a couple dates, blah blah blah. I even added her on Facebook, which I normally I just said don't have a Facebook, but this girl like came on like the fourth or fifth day. She goes, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah. She goes, how are you driving right now? I said, what? I said, wait a minute, my car's right there. She goes, you haven't had a license since 2001, <laughs> which I haven't. 
to be honest with you. You know, like, like how do you know? She's like, hey, you were pulled over for unlicensed oper, you know, aggravated unlicensed operation of a vehicle in two thousand in October of two thousand one. Uh, you, you know, you were. You were charged with assault in 2002 at a, at a fight outside the Texas whatever bar in in Albany, New York. This and that. I'm like, how do you know this stuff? She's like, well, I, I had to look you up. I'm like, damn, like you had to bring me out to dinner. Like I thought this was going to be the date where I actually went home and everything. But yeah, the other girls they don't do that. They don't do that. I don't know if they don't care or they're just kind of used to it. And I'm not saying anything bad about either side, but that's just why I don't date them. You know, I'll tell you what I was worried about uh, during that period when I was dating. I was very worried about having to say who I was, have them Google me, and then I like I have to answer. Well, forget all the forum crap. You know that putting that aside, but having to answer about the whole poker thing, and either tell them that. I was a very successful poker player and then attract gold diggers that way or or not imply I'm a successful poker player and then have them worry that I wouldn't be someone that they'd want to have a long-term relationship with because um, you know they'd think I'm unstable. So I, I kind of felt like I'd be damned no matter what I said, that I'd either be attracting the gold diggers or I'd be scaring people away that I'm some unstable gambler. And it was something I was right. I was concerned about. Now, at the time, I wasn't really looking for anything serious. So, in fact, I, you know, I told them about the poker, but I, I, I didn't give them my last name. I, I, I played the whole thing down. And, and the girls I dated during that time, um, most of them have no clue, like, how involved I am in the poker community. Like, I didn't show them the, the TV things I was on or anything like that. Um, it, for the most part. But, you're an investment. But, but what you happened know, was, um, you know, kind of accidentally... I ended up talking to a girl on Facebook that I knew from uh, from the early 90s from college and and you know then once we got involved then all this didn't matter anymore and and this was someone who knew me beforehand so with her I didn't mind telling her the truth so anyway I, it was well, I mean, something listen, that I don't mean to, to to bring this up but I mean I, and just in the spirit of honesty how you know you t and, and it's very true what what uh, Templar was saying about the Google try being me and having to answer this question which I have Huh, I see your last girlfriend committed suicide. I mean, no, and I'm not making fun uh, of it, but that's really something I've had to tough. answer. Like, well, yeah. not anymore, as, you know, as much, but, you know, I ha I've had to answer that. Because when you do that Google, you know, there's still certain things, you know, so I can relate. Because that's, that's a hard one. And it would suck, especially in the past when I have either, you know, and I really haven't ever had any long-term relationship um, or even really a short-term one ba based on plenty of fish, but just when I've met people in general, like in bars or a casino or, or from a mutual friend, they do Google me, especially when I tell them I play poker or I'm, I'm a part of a wet, or you know, just as they get to know me, and that always comes up. And then, you know, it's either like I'll be somewhere with them and they'll be looking at me, and I'll just know that they're waiting for me to tell them, or eventually they'll just bring it. And that was like very, very awkward for so many years. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've had to, I had to address it numerous times, and it's just I always dreaded that point, and, you know, just, uh, I mean, there's no real way around it, and thankfully now, you know, a lot of time has gone by, and, and it's not really an, an issue anymore, but for a number of years it was, and it really fucking sucked. Yeah, d dating in the Google oh. dating in the Google age is hard, and you know I actually thought about these things. I even thought about like you know they're going to Google me. They'll come up with with the stupid forum stuff and ask who's Judonk, and like a, like I can imagine all the questions that were going to come up, and like I was actually avoiding 
letting people know who I really was. I, I wasn't using fake names or anything, but I was really like trying to play it down and hope they wouldn't look and hope they wouldn't even know what to look for. Uh, where you would think otherwise, I could play this up as something impressive. I could say, oh, look, I'm in Wikipedia, I've won a World Series bracelet, I've been on TV a few times. Like, like to the average person, like this can be impressive, and you could you could actually use this to impress girls like they think they're sleeping with someone important. Uh, but uh, but I couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad I didn't have to deal much with this because I, I got a real relationship after that, and that was that. You know, Druff's view artist brings up an, a, another point that I may be having to deal with. Uh, at some point, the point yes, when you Google my name, maybe my ass will show up under the first <laughs> amount of Google Images eventually. Well, maybe and it'll I'm be not good. Sure if that's a good thing or bad, because <laughs> I have heard some mixed reviews on my ass. Some like some females have told me that it, it's very flattering. Others have say have said that they didn't picture me with such a big ass since I'm not a heavy guy. Um, you know, I'm average weight in, in that, you know, for my height. Well, doesn't it matter what the girls thing. think? Ryan, why is your ass on the internet? I, I know, but doesn't it matter what the girls think? Like, if the girls think your ass is nice, it doesn't matter if dudes don't like it, you know? like. Well, no, no, I realize that, but I'm saying, I, you know, I don't know. You know, some girls have different preferences for asses. I don't know, just because a few of the girls that have commented, it's not like there's a ton of girls on these forums. So, you know, I'm just saying, in general, it's been positive reviews, but, you know, it's a very small sample size on my ass so far. Yeah. So I, I, I want to comment on uh, somebody just sent somebody sent me a PM. I don't know if I just I didn't think I checked on today. When did I start photoshopping? Uh I just want to address before I get off air to be honest with you. Uh when did I start photo and then six told Pete, I'm coming for you, bro, on America's car roll. Don't be scared. Heads up for bank rolls. Let's go. But anyway, um when did I I, I actually and it's kinda of funny but I actually started photoshopping in jail. Okay, it, it's a it's a fucked up story. And if you guys got a couple minutes, I don't know if you guys were snapping this off soon. No, or this is a new version of the show where we don't just snap it off. Go ahead, please. Okay, okay. I was I was uh, in prison in upstate New York. I spent I spent five months in Rikers Island which was undoubtedly the worst time in my life. Uh, and, and basically fights every day. It, it was, it was out of control out, out of now there's at any given time, there's between like 12 and like 25,000 inmates, in, you know, on the Island. And I was in, I was in block eight, which was for the New York state or New York city, uh, criminals that were doing short time. So a lot of the transfer people went there. But out of my block, which was which was 280 people, uh, there was three white guys. So you got to imagine how hard that was for me. So and and I could fight. There, I mean, I could do a martial arts for a long time, in a real long time, and I could fight. And believe me, I fought every day, if not twice a day. Well. The greatest day of my life is when they transferred me upstate. I mean, it was it was the greatest car ride I've ever seen. Uh, I was next to a convicted murderer, but it was the greatest car ride ever. So when I got up there, um, I was in New York State near Utica, and there was a guy who I used to gamble with, and he was a captain. He was a CO. He was a captain there. And basically, I got what is called a trustee position. Basically, you know, you hand out books. It's people that are trusted in the in the prison, you know, to do some of the minor work that, you know, the guards just 
can't do. They're not going to handle library books or whatever. Well, one day I had a cellmate, a uh, Puerto Rican guy named Raul. This guy was the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. Well, he got banned from from receiving any mail from his wife because his wife always used to send naked pictures. Well, I used to mess around with Photoshop in, like, in high school with the old Microsoft Paint and stuff like that. So he, he couldn't get any pictures whatsoever. Well, I had a trusty job um, cleaning, cleaning the offices. So one day, luckily, this guy's computer was on, and it was actually my friend, so I knew I wouldn't get in too much trouble if he found out I was on it. So uh, I took his digital camera, and I snapped a picture of the front of, like, this Cosmopolitan magazine. I don't even remember who was on the front. And uh, I knew who his wife was. Actually, I knew who his wife because I had, you know, I actually had a couple pictures of her and she was smoking hot too, but they were all, you know, none, none were in a bikini or anything like that. So I, I took a picture of her face and uh, I scanned it on the computer and I actually put her face onto this front of the Cosmopolitan magazine swimsuit issue or something like that within a swimsuit. Well, I printed it out and gave it to him and, you know, it was fantastic. So then that started like, you know, some some huge guy will come down. And, you know, I heard you can make pictures. I can't receive pictures. <laughs> so he he would basically. <laughs> I, I didn't know they had photoshoppers in prison. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is what I learned. And and believe me, like some guys were pissed. Like I was the worst photoshopper in history. You know, like like a blockhead on someone else's body. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't cropping anything, or I wasn't. Ready. It was terrible. You know, I, I'm putting black people's heads on, like, you know. Spanish people's bodies or white people's bodies. Now, is that safe to really do in prison? Is that safe to really do in prison? Oh, what do you mean? Is it safe? Well, I mean, you know, nothing safe in prison. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a, that's a pretty bad question. But I mean, you know, poor yeah. just kind of what some people may consider racially made photoshops. You know, Puerto Ricans yeah, have yeah. black bodies. I mean, you know, can't you get shanked for that kind of shit in the Photoshop era? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got in with a couple, couple really, really tough dudes that they basically ran a lot of the stuff from, and they loved the Photoshop because they were, they were barred from receiving any mail. So you were like in with like the fucking kick-ass Photoshop like crew, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to laugh, but I'm just saying like you're in like with like the tough nobody fucks with us Photoshop crowd in prison. Yeah, 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 basically. Basically, like, yo, yo, don't fuck with him. Yo, this cat, yo, that's the photo. You know, like, you know, it was funny as hell. I was about, I was about to get into a fight in, uh, in the chow hall, and I walked in, and I knew this big Puerto Rican guy had a problem with me, and I knew it, and I, you know, I stared him down every day. This guy was like six foot four, probably three ten. He looked like, uh, he looked like Fat Joe, basically. I mean, this guy was huge. He looked like the rapper Fat Joe. So I'm staring him down the one day, and one, you know, I just turned around. I said, what the fuck are you looking at? And he comes, he goes, what, you white motherfucker? And this big black dude, one of, one of the Photoshop crew, stepped aside. He goes, yo, that's the Photoshop guy, bro. He goes, oh, my bad, bro, my bad. I was not the Photoshop guy in prison. This guy was going to, this guy was going to kick my head off my shoulders. I swear to God. And this guy, yo, hold on. Yo, that's the Photoshop guy. He's like, oh, my bad, bro, my bad. You know what I'm saying? You can hook me up with one of them. But I used to do, uh, I just straight did Photoshop for food, man. Just for, like, Raymond noodles and Oreos and, and sodas and everything like that. I tell you, I came, out of, I came out of prison with more money than I did before I went in. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Because, like, yo, if you make me 10 for, like, $5, I'm a girl put it in your commissary. 
Like, yeah, bro, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you got to do. That's and yeah, that's how, that's how, you know, it's, it's, it's so stupid. I think about it right now. I'm like, wow, you are so stupid, you know, but what are you going to do? What are you yeah. going to do? Well, uh, thank you for all the stories, Templar. We'll Absolutely. have you on uh, future shows. And uh, as I said, very good posts you've made on our site so far. And uh, glad to have you on uh, Poker Fraud Alert. You know what, guys? Thank you for having me on. I'm sorry. I know I can ramble sometimes. But I gave no, you stories. Very and, interesting. You know, and, and I like telling them just because I laugh. Oh, Drex, I mean, you, know, you said about getting together in Vegas and stuff like that. I actually uh, I sent you a Facebook message. I wanted to talk about the bot, and, and you wrote one back. You're like, damn, I didn't even see this message. But, yeah, I yeah. Didn't, I, didn't even know that was, I didn't even know that was you. I get so many uh, messages, and I have to be careful now because my, my Facebook is – you know, I do have – I've had my Facebook – I let me just say breach before, but uh, – Send me another message telling me who you are. Like, which, because I know, I mean, I remember I've gotten a lot of messages specifically about the bot as well. So just send me a message sometime mm-hmm. letting me know which one was you so I know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and add you, and we can communicate further through there. You got it. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I appreciate, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you guys or listening to you guys on Filthy Limper tomorrow. That would be fantastic. And let me just tell you, the Iceman, I can listen to that guy all day long, man. Like I don't even know if he if if he's meaning to talk in the third person or or no, or, is, or the fourth or fifth person. I don't know. I have no is, idea, but it's phenomenal. He is what I like to refer to or think of as the Ricky Henderson of the poker world. <laughs> you know, as you know, again being a baseball person, you know, Ricky Henderson yeah. always or Ricky this. In fact, I might have told this before, but I still think this is uh, what I'm you know, just a great great story. I heard, I believe, I actually heard it on Baseball Tonight. But, uh, and I'll just say this real fast. I don't want to go on longer. But right before Ricky Henderson was inducted <coughs> into uh, <coughs> the, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, they were, were just talking about stories about him, you know, both good and bad. And obviously the bad was like the infamous uh, time when he was like with the Mets when they were losing in, in a game that he wasn't in. And instead of being in the dugout playing, you know, he was playing cards downstairs with Bobby Bonilla and some other Mets, and you know, there are just different stories about him, and people that, that, that know him or just even follow the sport knew he, was a, knew he was a prima donna and just very egotistical. But anyhow, the story was, you know, obviously in his career he played with many, many teams. I think, you know, I can think of right now just without even researching eight, eight or nine teams he's played he played with, off, you know, offhand. But it could be even more. He could have played with as high as 12, 13 teams. But I know he played with at least eight or nine teams. Towards the end of his career, um, he was when, when he was with the Dodgers, and uh, what, what ended up happening, they were they were done with a, a game, and it was his first game with the Dodgers, and he ended up uh, getting on on the team bus after a game, okay, and yeah. uh, one of the one of the rookies or you know first year players that were sitting in the front of the bus, the bus was already packed, got out of their seat, okay. And, you know, Ricky really didn't understand what was going on. And he looked at Ricky, and he said, Ricky, go ahead and sit here. You have tenure, okay? And Ricky looked at the guy and said, uh, tenure? He goes, I got 15 year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it just, and that was, I think it might have even been John Crook. And you know, this was still early in his career. It wasn't actually at the end of his career. But, you know, of course, you know, said that he had tenure and he got to sit in the front and he thought the guy was only telling him he played for 10 years. And I, don't know, I always thought that was pretty funny, you know, just in general, because I could still see Ricky 
saying that because, you know, he was notorious for, you know, Ricky this, Ricky's the greatest, Rick, you know. I still remember him when he broke uh, Lou Brock's baseball record, you know, holding the base and just kept proclaiming how Ricky was the greatest of all time. And, you know, and, I, yeah, and actually, yeah. you know, I wouldn't even be surprised just knowing someone like that, that within a couple of years you probably hear Ricky Henderson's bankrupt because he just seems like the kind of person yeah. that probably is – Shot off a lot of the money he made, and I don't know. It's just a guess. I don't have any any insight. There's no like doubt I, about it. Yeah, like I was really there, recently. There's no doubt. That like Dennis Rodman, for instance, who still is on the back end when you know they're still getting like eight million dollar contracts for those last couple of years when he played for the Bulls. Now is 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 dead broke as well. So who knows? Yeah. But, uh, thanks for calling oh, in. I'll tell. Hold, hold on, Drex. I'll tell one quick Ricky Henderson story. Yeah, you know, actually, you, we'll, we'll take it next time you run a shitload of. He was, on a, he was on a bunch of teams. He was on a bunch of teams. And he comes up to John Olerud, right? And he goes, yo, what's your name? He's John. Yeah, John Olerud's looking at him. Now, John Olerud, he's a smart dude, John Olerud. He's looking at him. John? He goes, why do you wear that helmet? He goes, well, you know, I, I have a soft, uh, whatever, soft skull, you know. I, I, you know, a bunch of brain injuries and stuff like that. He goes, oh, yeah, man, because I've seen you wear, wearing that first base. This guy I used to play with wore the same thing, but it was John Olerud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy I remember used to that play story. with was John Olerud. Like, really, Ricky? Like, you played with him for like five years, bro. <laughs> he is the best. He is oh. the best. All right, guys, take right. care. Thanks. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care. All right. See you. So that was the Templar, and uh, here I want to read something. Uh, this is an FBI report. What, here we are. It's, uh, I'm going to post this on the site a little bit later. But this is an FBI report that was leaked about bitcoins. I just read that. And the FBI has, uh, they've been investigating. And this, this, of course, is not a surprise because um, you can't have an underground cyber currency and have the government just say, okay, that's no problem. Like, of course they're going to have a problem because of, of uh, people buying drugs, laundering money, evading taxes. Um, it's even especially concerning to them over money, bitcoins being used to fund terrorism. So they've been investigating bitcoins and, and uh, have a fairly long report, a 20-page report about them, which I'll post up on our site. But uh, this is one of the paragraphs from the Outlook and Implications section of the report. It says... If Bitcoin stabilizes and grows in popularity, it will become an increasingly useful tool for various illegal activities beyond the cyber realm. For instance, child pornography and internet gambling are illegal activities already taking place on the internet, which require simple payment transfers. Bitcoin might logically attract money launderers, human traffickers, terrorists, and other criminals who avoid traditional financial systems by using the internet to conduct global monetary transfers. So they're very concerned about this, and it's, uh, it's only a matter of time, maybe even only a short time, before they clamp down on Bitcoins. And what's also interesting, I forgot the name of it, but there's some Bitcoin casino out there, and this Bitcoin casino actually doesn't take U.S. players because they're afraid of this. So, I, all I have to say is that anybody who runs a Bitcoin site, a Bitcoin gambling site especially, and takes U.S. players and is uh, very blatant about doing so, is really taking a big risk. And I, I, I'm, I say this with all honesty, and I'm going to post this report up for anyone who wants to read it. It has uh, 
some time to read a 20-page report, or at least just to skim it. Like, I just found that paragraph by just quickly scrolling through. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time before the government clamps down on it. They just don't like things like this. And it's understandable, too. Like, you, you can understand why if the government wants to control some of these uh, criminal activities, why it's not good for them to have something like Bitcoins out there. So, But whether you support Bitcoins or don't support them, uh, I think the FBI is coming for it pretty soon. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, that's something I just wanted to mention. I, I think... Uh, we're done for tonight because... Okay. Uh, I'm getting a little tired myself. And, and Listen, just think, Jeff, we went for almost three and a half hours without a scripted show with no preparation. So just think, a uh, little work, you know, and some fine-tuning. I uh, think we can do all right here. We yeah. have some a sexy female third host uh, every so often. Uh, yeah. I think it's got some potential. Yeah, I think so, too. So... Anyway, and uh, yeah, just just a quick thought about just to finish about the bitcoins. Uh, there's this false sense of security a lot of people have that uh, since there's no centralized uh, server that uh, keeps track of the bitcoins, there's no centralized processing to them. That what can they do about it? There's plenty they can do about it because um, the value in bitcoins right now is that they can be traded for real money. And people do trade them for real money on this uh, Mount Gox and, and whatever, whatever whatever other exchange there is. Uh, all they have to do is go after these exchanges, and the whole thing will crash down. And once they go after these exchanges and take them down, uh, the Bitcoin won't be worth $5 anymore because everyone will realize that their days of being able to exchange them for $5 are over, and everyone will dump them. And they'll go down to you know a few cents, or maybe not even that. So... Uh, they can shut down... There's a lot they can do. I mean, there were people before saying that uh, the government can't do anything about online poker. And you saw what happened with that. So, don't just think that this is something that the government can't interfere with. Because they definitely can. And uh, the truth is, the public won't even be outraged if they do. Because most people don't know about them. And the people who do know about them, there's only a small percentage that really support it or really feels strongly about uh, them being able to continue existing. So, anyway, uh, that's all for now, I guess. Uh, thank you for listening to this uh, spontaneous show. We will be announcing details very soon about our regularly scheduled show, which will have some similarity to this show, except uh, more preparation, hopefully a better show, hopefully... Some good segments that uh, you all enjoy. And I thank everybody who listened. Thank everybody who stayed through the little uh, one technical difficulty we had when I hit the wrong button. Well, I will say uh, two things. First off, we have an actual, we have an actual you know, decent crowd for something that wasn't advertised, that was spontaneous. And as well, thank you all for listening. And secondly, Druff is... Much as, uh, you know, you stated, oh, we had a few technical difficulties, it does not compare to last week's show, where literally you and I had a private 30-minute conversation that that when we thought we were on the air and we weren't, and I swear to you, I don't know how I missed it by not looking at at the, uh, the chat, and you missed it, but we both thought we were on the air, and people patiently sat there. 
for 30 minutes waiting for, actually I think it was 37 minutes someone timed it at, waiting for you to re, uh, reboot the ser- or reboot radio when we thought we were live on the air. Yeah, that was unbelievable. 37 minutes of me talking and Brandon listening and both of us believing we're on the air and nobody in chat saying anything. After I guess some people said things at the very beginning, but then we missed it and then they just kind of sat and waited. And it took someone asking, is Druff dead? before I realized that I was not on the air. So I thank the person who was questioning whether I was still alive, because if, if not, I'd probably still be talking and still thinking I was on the air. So anyway, uh, we will be announcing, as I mentioned before, very soon about the date and time that you can expect this show to appear every week, so you won't have to just luck into finding it like tonight and last week. And, you know... We're going to keep trying to improve this show and make it better and give the listeners what they want. And uh, next time we have this show, no matter what form it is, we will be having a free roll for some portion of the $200 that was donated. And anybody wants to donate further, PM Dandruff on PokerFraudAlert.com. Thank you, everybody. And also, uh, listen tomorrow for us. At 5 p.m., we will both uh, Druff and myself and a PFA member and well-known poster, China Maniac, will be on Filthy Limper Radio. Uh, That's right. 5 p.m. Pacific time, and there's going to be some things that I'm going to announce that are important, and also some subjects that Druff is going to talk about that were not mentioned at all tonight on uh, our show. So make sure you can listen to that live or in the archives. That's true. So, FilthyLimper.com tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific, to hear both of us on again and some subjects we didn't get to touch. And thank you, everybody, once again for hearing this spontaneous radio show, whether live or in the archives. We are trying to give you radio that you want and you will enjoy. We will see you later. Jeff, this is awkward, though. How do we end this? Because we can't say what we used to say because I feel like it's not appropriate. Is it like a new tradition? What do we do? <laughs> we'll have to come up with one. Are we just going to... I, I've just been it? saying good night when I turn it off. Like we're to say goodbye, you think? I, I guess so, yeah. Okay. Goodbye everyone. Goodbye everyone.